about to hear two chats I had with the wonderful, delightful, talented, and charming John Grant, the first of which was taped, ooh, six to eight months ago, and we kind of decided to call that taping off because we felt a little tired. Now, listening back to it, there's some great gems in there. So I've excerpted a bit of that, put it at the beginning so it gives you a bit of a prelude for the rest of it, which is what a prelude is apparently supposed to do. Then the rest of that was taped about a week or two ago when John was visiting here, Los Angeles, from his current home in Iceland. So I'm pleased to present this package to you and so happy that I got to see John. Now it's time for all of us to enjoy my chats with John Grant. And make sure you check out his latest album, Boy From Michigan. It was released in the middle of the heart of the madness of last year. So maybe you didn't hear about it, or maybe you were too bushed from all the bad news to pick up the paper. But now you feel refreshed. You've had a nice big can of squirt, and you're ready to go. Check out Boy From Michigan, and now, let's enjoy my chats with John Grant. And special thanks to Janine Lund and Ada Zandaton for everything that you each did to help this episode happen. I'm looking forward to being able to watch a movie with you again soon. Oh, me too. Yeah. That would be really amazing. It'd be um, I watched I watched Sudden Fear the other night. Oh, I don't know that one. What is that? I, you, I think you probably do. It's it's a Joan Crawford vehicle. I don't know if it fits into the high exploitation genre. Oh, it's a great genre. It is, isn't it? I'm I'm not sure. Um, I think it was the '50s. I think it was '52 or something like that. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> it, there's right? no test at the end of this. Oh, thank God! Yeah. Because these days, all the podcasts are doing tests. And I'm just trying to yeah, buck yeah. the trend, you know what I mean? I don't want to have that uh, <laughs> quiz at the end. Somebody needs to buck something, I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, I mean, how right? many quizzes did you do this week with the promotion? I mean, it must be like 30, 40 quizzes. Yeah, totally. Actually, I'm going to look up and see when Sudden Fear is from. Yeah. we can do whatever we want, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We can do whatever we want. Okay. The movies we watched, let's see, we watched uh, The Thing which I'd never seen before. And that was a glorious moment. It was also amazing. Right. It was like hours before I was going to take a flight. So that was like a great mood setter. You know, it was a like dark in Iceland and we watched that. And then we watched that one with Linda Blair, summer of fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And you say we don't watch good movies. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a no, great well, one. Pew, pew. I mean, we- um, <laughs> Oh, and Looker. We watched Looker. Oh, of course. Looker. Classic. Which is incredible. The greatest. Yeah. So, it, you know what? I got it right. It is 1952. Oh, it is. Wow. Yeah. Joan Crawford, 1952. You know, the early 50s, 50. she was doing a certain something back then. Yeah. It was It was this. And Jack <laughs> Palance. Jack Ooh. Palance reprising his role as a Skeletor. <laughs> he played that Skeletor in so many movies in the fifties. We'd go, we'd go down to the pictures and we'd see sometimes three, yeah. four Jack Palance Skeletor yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah. I had the action figure. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was you know, really it was an era. Great. It was a whole different. It was a different time. It was, it was a, different, was a time. different. Yeah, it was a different time. Is what I was thinking too. So. 
You mean heiress, such a complicated <laughs> word, and it sounds like a laundry detergent, and right? And it sounds like I'm saying you made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. It was just a different time. <laughs> it's just a different time. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, um, sudden fear, though. It's it's noiry, and you've got Jack Palance, and and what's a face, and the other one, right? And, yeah, uh, that other one, that other broad. Yeah, and there's all the shadows and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like they've got shadows. There's guns, you know. Yeah, there's like that thing's lousy with shadows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, someone buy them a light or something, you know? <laughs> somebody buy somebody a light. Right? <laughs> what am I watching here? Made all this money to see a bunch of darkness. Totally. And it was letterbox, so you like lost half the screen. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> totally, dude. Totally. <laughs> totally. I remember being in the parking lot at uh, high school and all like the stoners, they would talk like that. That's what they would talk about, the Joan Crawford films. Mm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, and Jack Palance. That was like the big thing. Yeah. Because well, he had the revival of City Slickers. So suddenly. Yeah. And Rat. Yeah. It was like Rat and um, Joan Crawford. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Jack Palance. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I fucking love those. I fucking love yeah. those. I got so this good. big Joan Crawford applique on my jean jacket. Dude. Gorgeous. Fucking piss it. Not just gorgeous. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, pardon? <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Somebody pissed their jeans? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you said? I nearly did when I saw that Jack Palance on that day doing the one-handed push-ups, dude. Holy cow, yeah. That pisser. And City Slickers, right? Oh, yeah, but of course, City Slickers 2, the finest of all films. <laughs> so good. So great. So fine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of so fine, do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. Ryan O'Neill, uh, <laughs> yes. the guy, who, Richard Keel, right? The guy who plays Richard Jaws. Keel. And, Richard Keel. And the, the woman in it, I can't remember her name, Maria something, but she was a huge star in Italy, and she was the star of the original Swept Away, which then Madonna improved, right, with her version. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, a daisy. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. I so tried fine. watching Swept Away, but I watched two minutes of it, the Madonna version, and I went, oh, wow. And then thought yeah. about how many times I tried to watch Shanghai Surprise to no avail. I mean, I've never finished that movie. And for me to not finish a movie, it's oh got to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know. It's got to be. Yeah. It's really <laughs> got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. So can you guess who did the, who, who did the score to So Fine? Not Elmer Bernstein. No. Okay, then I cannot guess. Ennio Morricone. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. You want to see the... The score is mental as well. I was just thinking about this movie the other day. I love little synchronicities such as these. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, and Jack Warden, this. the amazing Jack Warden. His, uh, his dad. Yes, Jack Warden. And yeah, you got it right. Mary Angela, Mary Angela Milato, and Richard Keel and Fred Gwynn. Oh my God, I forgot Fred Gwynn was in that. And music by Ennio Morricone. I mean, that blows my mind. Written and directed by Andrew Bergman or Bregman? Bergman. Bergman. Yeah, it's a Bergman film. Yeah. Uh, the class, the Bergman. They study it in all the film courses. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> this one's like good because it's like not that other Bergman because those have shadows. This doesn't. Yeah, have and shadows. this one had a lot of denim in it, and they weren't using denim. Denim. They weren't using denim before that. Yeah, this is like marked a new departure in film. So they were. That's right. A lot of different types of cloths <laughs> were being used at a time. 
when you weren't seeing that sort of thing. No, and like, you know, I know the professor said something about texture. Well, you want to talk about <laughs> texture. I mean, there were some corduroy jackets. The, you know, the guy's a, a, mer- a, a schmata maker. And, uh, and then they got the cutout buns, which completely oh, changed, changed the scene. Yeah. I mean, Ryan O'Neill, dude, I would have, geez, Louise, he was a <laughs> good looking motherfucker. Yeah, he was. And he was quite a bastard. Like, uh, there's a couple guys that are fascinatingly awful people in the yeah, history yeah. of the films. And so much so that it's irrefutable. It's not like, oh, yeah, there's a couple bad stories about him. Or like, you know, John Cassavetes was legendarily temperamental, you know, a heavy drinker, yeah, yeah. fiery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, join the club, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, like, who isn't, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're not cool, and then I guess he ain't. But, um, but like, Ryan O'Neill and Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen? Really? He was, like, the worst. <laughs> he was the worst. No way. Yeah, he was abusive to the women in his life. Uh, there's a fascinating story about the making of the film Lamont, which is, like, his love letter to... His mother, Yes, his mother, which was La Mom McQueen. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. 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 I mean, how can yeah, how can somebody who makes a movie for their mother be an asshole? Yeah, like That's what I'd like to know. What the fuck you trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's You find me amusing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and of course Hedwig. I mean, that's one of the greatest things that ever got done. It really is. It really is one of the greatest pieces of, I mean, Hedwig, that performance by, is it John Cameron Mitchell? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm always, I always get those people with three names. I find it, I don't find it very forthcoming of them. And because you've got all sorts of, of, of opportunities for mistakes there. That's right. It's actually kind of uh, pernicious, sneaky. It's underhanded. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, They, They have an angle. They have an angle, and it's not one of the good ones. No, it's not. And no. you can forgive it most of the time because the art is so good. Because the art is so good. That's yeah. right. It's about and, the art. It's all about the art. Yeah. We're, we're all about the art. That's the thing, you see, because that is, you know, that's why I'm here. And I know that's why, you, you know, feel like I'm here, too. And that's why I feel like I'm over here as well. And then we're on <laughs> that's why you together. feel like you're there, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that we need to feel like we know why we're over here. I feel like. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Do- totally. I thought about that a lot. I thought about that a lot in this last year and a half. But I mean, Hedwig, Hedwig is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Normally a film I've seen that many times, I'd be like, oh, it's playing the new Beth. That's cool. But I've seen it a lot. This is no, exciting. you haven't. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah, that's the thing you find out when you watch it again is that you never have seen it. Yeah, because it, it's revealing new layers all the all the time. That's the thing. That's the thing. And you talk about textures. I mean, the costumes in that, not just denim. I mean, I mean, got, yeah. The red. Thank you. Thank you. You've got um, ultra suede. You've oh, got yeah, um, sure. Gabardine. Mm-hmm. Shark skin, um, I believe. Shark skin. Um, you also got the um, no corduroy. Cord- corduroy. Corduroy. Yeah, the corduroy, the wide, wide whale corduroy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unchecked, you and I have talked for many yeah, hours. Exactly. You know, I'm so. just thinking. I'm thinking maybe we should do something earlier in the day, like yeah, like a little more earlier in the day because I. 
I feel like I'm like right now I'm getting quite spent by the end of, you know, when it gets into the evening. Also, Zoom is very draining. How can that be? (laughs) Isn't it strange? You think it wouldn't be that bad, but everything about it is bizarre. But yeah, let's do another one soon. And just so you know, so you don't go away thinking the wrong thing. I've had a wonderful chat with you. Oh, good. And we'll do another one. And look, uh, it'll be great because each conversation has its own patina, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. You you remember patina, right? Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Never wore a bra, right? No, yeah. right. Oh, God. We were all staying at hell all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She drove us fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'd, rather, she'd rather swallow like 45 gallons of urine than to wear a bra, <laughs> is what I remember her saying. You know? Yeah, I remember. And it was so funny because we were like, why would she pick that sort of thing? Then it turns out. <laughs> exactly. You know what happened at that warehouse party? Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, 75. Yeah. Well, that's right. She was trying to beat you Muir. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> She's uh, trying to be demure. <laughs> yeah. She ended up being very demure. Yeah, very 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 demure. That's right. That she changed her name to very demure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, yeah, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine, kid. Yeah. Uh Yeah, but I really appreciate your genteel nature. Ah, uh, that's a very sweet of you. That's a very sweet of you. Yeah. And right back at you. Yeah. I love you, John. Thank you. I love you too, Craig. And uh, listen, we'll, we'll tape another one. I'm happy that we can. But anyway, I'd like to thank Barry Demure. I'd like to thank Patina. <laughs> Patina. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been doing some work with Patina lately? Or because I know that she's been doing yeah, a lot of yeah, stuff in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's been yeah. a lot of there's been a lot of uh, blowback. <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, there tends to be. You know, there tends to be with her. You know, yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish I didn't, but I do. Uh, yeah, I know. Sadly, can't expunge that one from the exactly. Bag. No, no. I was watching Backdraft the other night, and it just totally reminded me of you know, like what not to watch. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember <laughs> you know? that sometimes. Sometimes you, you gotta slap yourself in the face and remember what a heartbreaker <laughs> that picture is. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> oh God! It's true. It's true. <laughs> but it's I, I, true. if you're tired, though, you know, I what do you before you go? What do you? What's the rest of your day hold? Because what is it? Nine p.m. Ten p.m. Eight p.m. It's uh, one quarter after seven. Okay, I'll get yeah. it right. So, but fifteen past the hour. And yeah, it's fifteen past seven o'clock. That's nice. Have you had your dinner yet? You got to have your dinner. I haven't had any dinner. I feel like maybe I'm with wilting a little bit. Yeah, I think you need yeah. a nice supper. Yeah, I need some supper. <laughs> oh my god, who doesn't love that word? Hey, you're right, supper. It's time. It's supper time. Yeah. Well, listen, you have you have a lovely uh, supper time, and we'll be in touch and and do some more soon. Okay. But this is a good. Um, this is a good first. Uh, yeah, this is great. A first wad, right? There's never been a better first wad than this first wad. Oh my god. Oh my god, a first wad. Adam O'Neill, right? It was her book, and then she made it into the miniseries, and then the right. opera, which was really amazing. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that was the that's the one that they did right after Cancel and Gretel, right? <laughs> that's right, Cancel and Gretel, and that ran for a long time, which was surprising given that it was about eight hours. Yeah, it was about Fox News, right? I can see it now. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my hands on the microphone. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And of course, you're used to the microphones because you're the internationally Adored recording artist, John Grant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. 
<laughs> I'm glad somebody, uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone knows that it's international. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to keep it secret. I'm not keeping it to myself. <laughs> Nor could I keep the wit and wisdom of John Grant to myself by not recording all of it. We were talking earlier and then we thought, well, you pointed out. I think Wait. what I was trying to say was, I'm glad you're the only person that knows that. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> Fair enough. Bless are... my cold black little heart. <laughs> John's always trying to Pollyanna everything, put too much of a bright spin on things. We all know that. You can yeah. get that from his music. Yeah, it's very up with people. And Well, I'm more of an optimist than most of those cunts that say they're optimists. So <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> but you are basically an optimist, right? I am, totally. You kind of have to be. You kind of got to be, yeah, if you want to keep showing up. Yeah, because if you don't have any optimism about the potential, why would you show up? Yeah, you got to just keep working on your shit. Keep working on yourself. Keep figuring out a way to love yourself and in a way that's not, you know, just, just you know, self-absorbed, maladaptive narcissism, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, a lot of people do make the mistake. Yeah, of confusing the two, yeah. <laughs> conflating the two or whatever. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, when you grow up, as so many have um, in in this country, you know, in the church and everything, it's almost like having, nobody ever tells you that, well, you know, you always, you know, you're always getting it drilled into you. Pride comes before the fall. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so you think that if you ever think anything positive about yourself, that's pride. And that's bad. Yeah. And you're going to be fucked. Right, you know? right. So, yeah, I think um, I, I certainly got that message confused. But I think it's just good to, you know, I just want to be um, in a place where I'm like, I deserve as much or little as anyone else you know sure i'm trying to remember who it was that i heard say some say the thing i'm going to mangle as a quote it was like a big manager or big like entertainment somebody. i don't remember that being part of the quote but isn't it something like a big manager is hard to find or something like that yeah a, a big manager is hard to find yeah but then i don't remember once that. you find them yeah you can get them in the right apartment what is that from i think that was from ecclesiastes 23 that was ah. the double album <laughs> right yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all right and mostly instrumental except for that was the thing I yeah think well, it was a big apartment i mean i yeah. missed the sticks box set so <sighs> you know sold out limited edition yeah i mean certainly one is to be had on ebay but yeah but i mean you can't pay six thousand dollars for a box set <laughs> not that one no certainly not that, <laughs> not one. that one not that one no with the re-records yeah. and everything i mean i'd pay six thousand dollars for the divine double vinyl you know, that came out a few years ago that no. I also fucking missed on Record Store Day. No, see, I didn't know about that one. This is the, These are some of the painful Record Store Day releases yeah. that you don't know about until later. Oh, dude, so painful. So Divine, was it like the greatest hits or the best? Like everything she's ever done on, oh my God. on two pieces of gorgeous vinyl, like, I don't know, white Colored white vinyl, vinyl or yeah. pink marbled or yeah, with beautiful like booklet and story inside and everything. And My friend Greg has it and... and I don't resent him. No, no, not at all. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> You're really happy he has it. I'm really happy he got that. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't buy one for you while he well, was there. You know what's coming out right now? Or what's just came that? out and it should be have it should have been delivered. Well, first there's an audiophile version of Isayo Tomita's um, Snowflakes Are Dancing. Ooh, I'm not familiar with this item. Which apparently they're... <laughs> 
I just can't keep thinking of something, you know, with the National Democratic Convention or something. Oh, yeah, snowflakes are dancing. <laughs> That's dan- the yeah. theme of the, you know, <laughs> they're using that as the theme of the National <laughs> Democratic Convention this year or whatever. Um, no, uh, I, Isayo Tomita's Snowflakes Are Dancing audiophile vinyl Beautiful. is out, yeah. which is fucking amazing. And also, um, what is the name of that Severed Heads album that just got re-released that I love? Oh, Rotund for Success. Yeah, another Rotund for Success. Yeah. With a, it's the, it's so good. Um, that's one of their greats. I'm, I'm a big Severed Heads fan, so. I don't think I know Severed Heads. Every time yeah. we talk, I learn about another artist that I should check Well, into. you're going to be delighted. And also, for the first time ever on vinyl, um, Vicious Pink. Vicious Pink's album which has fetish on it and can't you see can't 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 you see and um which was a super hit Mm -hmm. and um i'm really excited about that you got some great scores at amoeba recently right i did what did i get at amoeba i mean today i bought um a ymo cd because they didn't have it on vinyl a ymo a yellow magic orchestra for those of Mm -hmm. you who do not know um, wonderful, incredible, groundbreaking, iconoclastic band from uh, Japan, Tokyo. Yeah, I fabulous stuff. Who yeah. were um, anyone might be familiar with Behind the Mask, which was well, well, Clapton did it, and then it was the name of his album. And then Michael Jackson has a version of it on one of those many posthumous releases. Really? Yeah. They, well, Greg Fillingains, I think, added lyrics to it. I don't know anything. Why don't you have Scott Heim on here instead of me? Well, I mean, you know, seriously, by the way, guests don't guests don't uh, uh, completely uh, (laughs) replace other guests. So you could do there's other episodes. You mean there are individuals? Yeah. The individuals that don't have just the sole focus of the entire. You mean sometimes you want that cherry chip Duncan Hines cake and sometimes you want the just the yellow cake with the chocolate frosting fresh out of the oven. Exactly. Saturday night. Captain and Tennille, mm-hmm. um Captain and Tennille shows about to come on. That's right. <laughs> of course, it was Monday night, but yeah. Well, it sometimes it was a special Saturday night. In our in our minds, it could be Saturday night. The Captain and Tennille play every night. Word where we live, Word. <laughs> and Word. where you live might be changing. Yeah, shit. Where I live, don't even get me started, dude. We can we can move on. We can move on. We'll go back. We'll yeah. go back because you got a lot of stuff with Amoeba. Yeah, you, got, sure. you got some movies. You got a David Lynch movie. Yeah, we saw a David Lynch movie. Yes, I got this beautiful at at, at uh, Amoeba today. I got this beautiful uh, Japanese edition of the Straight Story, mm. which I don't even want to hear about. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, who wants to hear that story? Who's heard that fucking story. Jeez, we hear a lot about straights, right? <laughs> it's not much of a story, let me tell you. <laughs> um. Anyway, beautiful edition of that of that, and that's one of the David Lynches that I didn't have yet because, as you and I talked about. Like the fucking artwork they do on some of these things, it I don't is. know how they got that one past David. There must, yeah, he he got final cut, but no approval of the art or something like that. It must have been because it looked like it's just like a laughing Benji on the cover, <laughs> you know, and, and like a chrysanthemum. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, and I think Free Willy sort of in a distance. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there's a dolphin springing out of a some sort of body of water, a exactly. puddle, perhaps. Yeah, well, the tractor has to drive by some water, so they're like, "Well, yeah. what tractor?" You know, that doesn't even feature on the cover. Oh, you're right, it yeah. doesn't. It's, it's isn't it just like a field of wheat. Yeah, it's the laughing dog. Yeah, the springing dolphin. And there's probably a hidden Mickey because it's a Disney project, so there's got to be a hidden Mickey. You hidden know about Nikki? the hidden Mickey's? No. Well, hidden Nikki's a whole other story. I know Minnie and Moskowitz. Oh yeah, that's right. Which Moskowitz, if that doesn't fucking come out on Criterion. 
I can't be held responsible. You can't. And listen, for I what's going to happen. I don't blame you. And I okay. think you're well within your rights to exercise all of your options Thank if you. that comes to pass. Thank you. I Thank can you. offer you a DVD clone copy of it, though. I have the DVD. So You do? I do. Of yeah. many in Moscow. I have every Cassavetes movie on whatever the latest format available is. He's my favorite. Well, one of my favorites. Minion Moskowitz was sort of a... I mean, Seymour Castle? Yeah. Hot. And Jenna Rollins, so gorgeous and inhabiting that very specific uh, type of woman that she plays. Yep. When she orders the creme de cassis at the beginning, it's so wild. Like, it's so yeah. perfect. And then he's playing the ruffian who... He's like, creme de what? Like, he had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Listen, wow. lady, I eat hot dogs, I drink beer. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, but he has those kind of... There's also a rather shocking scene in the first like 20 minutes with the unbilled cameo from the writer-director John Cassavetes, yeah. who I think is one of those guys that was showing how bad a rough women had it very plainly, but not announcing that he was doing that. So therefore, some people yeah. call him a misogynist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck them and the horse, too. <laughs> Wait, that's uh, Minya Moskovitz too, right? <laughs> yeah. They ride on. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They work out their differences and then they become cattle yeah. ranchers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Unexpected uh, detour into no, it's Western called, pictures. No, it's called, yeah, it's Minya Moskovitz to the torn colon, I believe. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Because one of the subplots yeah. is basically if you ride a horse too often, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're not prepared. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And who is? <laughs> no, exactly. We can all we can all get there sometimes. Yeah. You never know. A little too rambunctious. A little mm -hmm. too excited. A little too rambunctious. <laughs> what a great word, rambunctious. <laughs> Why is that not a bar on Santa Monica Boulevard? Rambunctious. That'd be good. There's a lot of ramrods and stuff like that. But... Oh, man. Rambunctious. Yeah. We're going to go head down to rambunctious for drinks around 10. It'd and... be great to have like a really hardcore um, <laughs> stud, gay stud bar called Romper Room, too. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably been done. Ada and I were talking about Cuddle Dungeon. <laughs> oh, wow that's a couple of great sounds together right cuddle dungeon yeah it's really got the rhythm to it that's really good come on down to cuddle dungeon <laughs> that's fucking good <laughs> thank you yeah. thank you i enjoy it myself i think that needs to be to have life breathed into it that idea yeah, yeah. i may have to check with it we may have to uh redact that from the show until it's copyrighted for example yeah yeah certainly totally Totally. Um, what else did I get at Amoeba? God, I wish I'd brought those records with me because I bought a I bought a bunch of records today. Oh, right. I just went and got some. You know, I had to get the Criterion, um, the Criterion release because I'm on a Douglas Sirk kick. I need to see some more. And Douglas I wanted Cirque. to get written on the wind because I haven't. You know, they just came out with that on the Blu-rays, um, with Rock Cuts and Lauren Bacall, uh, Dorothy Malone, and Robert Stack. Um, it's really the mid fifties number there. Uh, this is just a guess. I, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen that many fifties films, and I need to see more. I finally saw Kiss Me Deadly last oh, year. So good, so good, and it was on a double bill with Repo Man. So you get to see where Repo Man got so many ideas and basically gestures from that. But again, it was cool because it wasn't like, oh, that he ripped that off. It was like, oh, I see he was inspired by that interpolated yeah. this idea and then also the glowing suitcase in pulp fiction you can sort of trace back to kiss me deadly so cool 
You know, you and I went and saw the double the double feature, um, which I I was sort of having an Herbie goes bananas experience and, that night. Yeah. yeah, Herbie goes <laughs> Herbie goes bananas and martyrs. <laughs> two movies you that you wouldn't expect it would go so well together. I just love but. the juxtaposition of those two vibes. You know, no, same here. Really good, but um, you and I went and saw a double feature of True Romance and Wild at Heart, mm. which even though I wasn't. I was having sort of an out of body experience that night from being in a theater and just being in a foreign land. Um, yeah, which I I get, you know. Yeah, but it was. I mean, those two movies are so. I mean, those are two of my all time favorites. Yeah, I mean, same, they're same for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I had just watched Badlands, um, like the week before, right? Yeah, and yeah. and I was thinking, I was like, holy shit. The score to True Romance is taken directly from Badlands. Yeah. And then you and I go, and they actually had Badlands in the previews yeah. for True Romance. <laughs> so obviously, that's a well-known and documented fact. Totally. That I picked up on there. No, absolutely. A couple of, a couple of several, you know, decades too late. You know, well... But- yeah, but the good version, the fun version, is that that's why New Beverly is so great because yeah. you go there and the theme package, the theme trailer packages. Yeah, I guess the, what was I about to say? Theme package trailers, the, the theme package. That's something else. We'll get into the theme package later <laughs> the theme package. when we work on the development yeah. of Cuddle Dungeon and totally. uh, Romper Room. Totally, so, because they'll need jingles. They're gonna need jingles. You got to have jingles if you're gonna have a product that su- succeeds. See, that's the thing. That that is the thing. The yeah, main got to have a jingle. More important than the place itself. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, right? It does. Yeah, and it's uh, it's understood, Yeah, I think. And speaking of understanding, mm. I also bought um, Irma Vep, which just came out on Criterion as well. I have heard of this, but don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, it's something that I haven't seen in a long time, and it's sort of a classic. Perhaps I can read to you from the back. Oh, well, that would be delightful. Perhaps, if I can find the damn thing. There it is. Oh, yeah. It's so good. If you need more light, I do keep it kind of bordello dark in here. So. Oh, I love bordello dark. <laughs> it's my favorite color. Um, Olivier Asaya's Livewire International Breakthrough stars a magnetic Maggie Chung hmm. as a version of herself, a Hong Kong action movie star who arrives in Paris to play the latex-clad lead in a remake of Louis Foyad's classic silent crime serial Les Vampires. Wow, that sounds great. (laughs) Right? Okay, let me just say that again. Maggie Chung, as a version of herself, a Hong Kong action movie star who arrives in Paris to play the latex-clad lead in a remake of Louis Louis Foyad's classic silent crime serial Mm -hmm. Les Vampires. What she finds (laughs) is a behind-the-scenes tangle of barely controlled chaos. And as egos clash, romantic attraction simmer, and an obsessive director, a cannily cast Jean-Pierre Leoud, Leoud, drives himself to the brink to realize his vision, blending blasts of silent cinema, martial arts flicks, and the music of sonic use and Luna into a hallucinatory swirl of postmodern cool. 
Assayas composes a witty critique of the 90s French film industry and the perennial tension between art and commercial entertainment. Wow. Well, I uh, have got to see it. And I'm also... I have trouble reading out loud. I don't know. Uh, you know, some of the words are so difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, like what? Like the... Like foyard. I foyard, sure. Because well, you're looking at it you. and you're like, what? Huh? You, they sneak up on you. You're like, oh, it's they a movie description. I'm going to talk... Oh, what foyard? Yeah, yeah. Foyard. I, we, I don't know from foyard. Foyaton? To, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, and what's the tense? You know what I mean? That's what I'm always like. What's yeah, the yeah. tense? Is it implied? Am yeah. I supposed to know? Uh, or is it simply tense? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm tense. Because I'm feeling, now, yeah. And now can I give the reading? Because yeah. is that what they want? Am I going to get the callback? Uh, that movie sounds fascinating. Oh, it's really good. A lot of people really love that movie. And I've seen it a couple of times, but it's been a really long time. And I, I know that it's one that I need to have in my collection. So I picked that up today, too. And um, I'm pissed. You know, I, I bought, I, I, I ordered a couple of Criterion movies to get delivered before yeah. I left and paid the, the exorbitant extra, you know, rush fee. Oh, yeah. To get it in three days, three to five days or something like that. Yeah. Or like three days guaranteed type deal. Yeah. And it's, they're going to deliver it seven days after I ordered it. Oh, good After Lord. I've long since left the fucking country. <laughs> Oh no! And, yeah, that fucking pisses me off. Yeah, fuck that man. Well, then also you get yeah. to pay the extra freight to uh, Iceland now, which I refuse to do. Because Iceland, I mean, let me tell you something. Don't ever, if you ever live in Iceland, don't have anything sent there because they rob you blind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, the the customs there is a criminal organization. Yeah. I like, though, that they said, yeah. do you have anything to declare? And I had hundreds of dollars worth of uh, Blu-rays that you had, had sent to me. And I went, oh, no, 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 just like yeah. clothes and some stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> I do have something to declare. I don't like your system. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree with it. Exactly. Therefore, I, therefore I'm going to subvert it exactly. and uh, disobey. Ever hear a subterfuge, cunt? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that that's what I said? But because the, I know you, I know your you, heart, you, I know your yes, beautiful you, heart. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. And yet, the Icelandic people are so agreeable that they just they still let me go on my way to your place. The airport's yeah, yeah. quite nice. The Joe and the Juice, very nice. Probably just distracted by a yeast infection or something. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah. They kind of had that faraway look in their eyes. That yeasty donut, faraway glazed yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, the glaze. That they—that's what it was. <laughs> totally, 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 <laughs> uh, dude. Totally. Right. Seeing True True Romance and Wild at Heart was so well. It was great to see with you because I know you love those movies as well. Man, I sure do. And I couldn't think of a better double feature to take you. Yeah. Therefore, I mean, it's just weird because I realized that night that I don't want to go to a fucking double feature. <laughs> I don't want to go out in public for a double feature. Yeah. And yeah. after we got there, it was it's sort of like a social engagement. And it's like you have to wait an hour after you get there so that you can get a seat. And then you sit in those seats for like an hour. And they're not the comfiest of seats. They're not. And and then the movie and it's like a it's a six hour like affair affair you did turn to me and you said yeah. oh, this is going to be like a six hour thing right i said yeah <laughs> i was like i hope i didn't misrepresent this to you no 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 you can't be held responsible for the <laughs> <laughs> the machinations of the new beverly plus your no. neuroses so, uh, no. listen i understand i but it was worth it yeah i it mean was. you know in spite of the fact that that it's hard to sit somewhere for six hours anywhere <laughs> 
on planet Earth. No, it's very know? true. Um, I guess that's just a being old thing, but... Um, also being locked away in our places, yeah, essentially, yeah, for two years. Absolutely. Wild at heart, Diane Ladd. I worship that woman. That whole family is responsible for so much joy. They really are. I mean, holy fuck. Are Ladd and Bruce Stern in movies together? I feel like they are. I don't know. I feel like they met on a set. I think they, I mean, they were the leads in The Deer Hunter, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. The Godfather Part Two. I know Talia Shire was played by Diane Ladd in the third one. Oh, yes, in the third one. Well, yeah. there was the contract disputes. Right. So some people dropped out because of, uh, you know, salary things like Duvall was replaced by George Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And that's actually true. And yeah, yeah. then the role of Talia Shire played by Martin Balsam. No. Uh, but they couldn't see George Hamilton in the shot because of his tan. Yeah, he sort of had this thing. It was like reflecting because you combine the cinematography of Gordon Willis, right. which is very low lit and very moody with a very tan George Hamilton. You just see his hair. That's it. Yeah. That bouffant. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of people felt they were lucky when they couldn't see him. <laughs> see, he's a very he's a very polarizing character. You yeah, know? yeah. Ever since Love at Last Bite. Certainly not galvanizing. No. No, no certainly not. Mm -mm. So you never see those two words together in a review of a George Hamilton <laughs> you picture. Sure don't. You sure don't. <laughs> not these days. Shame I couldn't get Susan Summers uh, Susan. Suzanne Summers to come back. I think it's Susan, yeah. I think it's Susan now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If she knows what's good for her. I think it's pronounced Susan Somers now. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Susan Somers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Wild at Heart, also, uh, that loud was beautiful. Yeah. That's what I like at a theater. I want it to be fucking loud. Yeah. If, especially if it's that kind of movie. And they do that well. Like any rock movies there, they're very loud. Yeah. Well, we didn't get yeah. our favorite seats, even though we were there early. But Yeah. I mean, I think... Didn't I fuck that up because I had to go to the toilet? Because I was in there for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Let's face it, you know? Well, that's true. But I don't think that necessarily affected it. We were maybe concerned we were going to slip notes under the door. Because of the dribbling, you know? Well, the dribbling and the crying. Yeah, yeah. It was the crying mostly. Yeah. And the, the, the uh, cries of discomfort, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Where they weren't moans so much, but cries. And if I hadn't said, don't open this door no matter what you hear... Yeah, no, we would have just we would have been in there like forty minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you said earlier that you had an out of body experience, and I I relate to that. I had that similar thing first going out into the world, even to that place, and I was like, well, this is my place, and I feel weird here. So, well, okay, great. Can you enjoy anything anymore? Don't know. Can you enjoy anything anymore? I did see the Shaggy Da recently. Really? How is that? Great. Is that that's a Disney live action number? Yeah, yeah. I like calling movies numbers now. I don't know why. I alternate between that or picture. Because that's a hot little number. You know what I mean? That, exactly right. It's exactly great. Exactly right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like when people call songs numbers as well. Oh, that weird growling robotic sound is the heat, which I was about to switch off anyway. So I'm going to put my headphones down and turn off that menacing sound. Really? I thought you were. I thought it was like Pearl Harbor. Well, I'm just trying to lull you into... <laughs> A false sense of uh, security. While and then, when it hits you, you'll be more surprised. A false sense of insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe me, it ain't false. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's that's pretty like hardcore, right? It just went whoa to turn it off. Foley Jackson over here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you met Foley Jackson? He's a legend in this business. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? He can take some uh, packing peanuts, make them sound like moon rocks falling on from the sky. Just make it sound like a comet hitting your neighbor's car. Totally. Ladies and gentlemen, Foley Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a retrospective of him at the DGA. Esteemed jaded cunts. (laughs) Yeah. Please receive Foley Jackson. Sadly, Foley Jackson won't get his due at the Oscars anymore, I think, on the telecast, because I think that they removed the editing category from the telecast portion. Oh, I see. Yeah, because editing's not that important to film. Well, it just isn't. I mean, it's it's an afterthought, you know, of sorts. Exactly. It's basically filing. It's what it's what you give to your cousin because you know they didn't graduate, right? And you have a family business; they're a yeah. bit of a ne'er do well, and you don't want to see them on the street. Yeah, you give them some scissors, you know. Yeah, exactly. Let them do yeah. the editing. The editing, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you say it like that. Oh, he edits. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Air quotes implied in the intonation. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and in delivery. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey. I'm also happy that you're in L.A. and maybe thinking about spending more time in L.A. Yeah, it's just too great. It's just really too fucking great. I can't do the I can't do that other thing anymore. I don't think. Yeah, well, I understand that because uh, being from Massachusetts, which is not quite as consistently cold and abrasive, say, as the Iceland weather, though I enjoyed it very I much. I love the weather. Stay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the architecture. Yeah, yeah, but I do think I do better in the sun. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll suffer here in in July and August for sure and September. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Probably October now. Fair enough, but because do, doesn't it isn't it like 120 degrees all the way until January now? About 130, just straight yeah, yeah. through, and just you blister up. And it's that's okay. Celsius, right? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm an Anglophile. Come on. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, you basically you blister up your first year here. Yeah, yeah. Then those heal. Yeah. Second year. You kind of sort of blister up. So, then your skin slides off of your skeleton. Yeah, but then you get a tough, leathery, George Hamilton-like exterior. Ah. Uh, yeah. So about year three, three to four, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Fantastic. Yeah. Took me a little while. Just moisturizer is the key. Wow. You'll still be in the pain, but you won't have the outward appearance of it. <laughs> right. That's all that matters, right? The right. outward appearance? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn right. Yeah. <laughs> damn fucking skippy. Yeah, I wish I could remember all the the cool albums that I got the other day at at, at Amoeba because they were great. I did get the you know because Rubellin Remasters is doing great stuff. Like they're about to release. Thank you, Rubellin Remasters, for a remastering the Berlin the the, the read album. No, the the um, Berlin the band. Those oh yeah, love yeah. life and yeah. pleasure victim. Okay, with extra tracks extended remixes oh really yeah and then they do a lot of them on vinyl too they did all the they remastered um all the missing persons Ooh, you love your missing persons man i can't get enough missing persons man and i i sort of was hoping that i'd run into warren cucurillo while i'm out here because he's a great songwriter and plus he has such a perfect cock right i mean you know and i'd really love to see it maybe <laughs> suck on it a little bit but um the missing persons uh, re- remasters I got, and um, yeah, that was I was really psyched because I don't know I got the I got the three from uh, at Tokyo they did the um, the mini uh, the mini vinyl CDs oh, in Japan of the three missing persons records yeah and those are great but they have different extra tracks and the Rubellin remasters are really lovingly done and you can get all three of them in a slipcase which is really cool and now they're going to be doing. Um, 
Visages, one of my favorite Visage records, strangely, because it was a really weird record, but um, Beat Boy from yeah. Visage is one of my favorites. And they're doing the American cover, and they're going to release it on vinyl, too. Oh, you're in heaven with in this. In March. Amazing. Right when I'm fucking leaving here, yeah. Well... I really want to stay for another munch, month just so that I can get And a munch, that. too, because, you know, munch, the yeah. food around here is so fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that vegan donut you gave me this morning, that was... An incredible munch. Aren't they nice? I shout out to Crafted Donuts yeah. for the fabulous vegan donuts that are seriously yeah. trans transcendent. Yeah. So that's what I, the Beatles went over in '68 to go study how to make those donuts. Yeah, it wasn't just the meditation. No, it was the transcendental donuts, mm -mm. which they have at Randy's as well. Yeah, and frying something so that it's still moist in the center and then nice and crispy on the outside. The technology wasn't quite there yet. No, or quite there. For yeah, I know. Matter. I know. I was like, "Crite." What is crite? <laughs> well, that is a word. You know? It is a word. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what it means, but don't have to. I, I know can you've use got it. Michael Crichton on your mind all the time. I do, quite yeah, frankly. You're such a Jurassic Lark fan. <laughs> I can't help uh, but loving Jurassic Lark, and then right. uh, the the Lost Girl, which was the or is reboot, it octogenarian? Right? No, gymnastic park. Triassic Lark was the. That that was like his version of Cocoon. It was like, it, but it was <laughs> like, they, yeah, they jump into this sort of Thank you. oily acid mixture and then they come out like a Terminator. Yeah. But then the whole thing turns back on itself because some corporation wants to use them for ill instead of the good that it was intended. Yeah. Thank you. And one of them looks like Wilfred Brimley, but of course he had passed by the time. Wilfred Brimley. Yeah. Wilfred Brimley and the Thing is one of the greatest things of all time, which you, of course, turned me on to. I can't stop watching The Thing. I have not seen it since we watched it. It oh, was really? such a perfect viewing because it then also great, wasn't it? it was the best. We had a lot of fun, and you introduced me to shock treatment. That's right, back then, which I was very happy about. Something's happening to my sound. Right. Oh, is it? Uh, it's cool. Is it's it good now? now? Okay, sometimes the connectors a, on yeah, yeah, the uh, exactly the, uh, the what you call it the adapters. You don't happen to have another squirt, do you? I absolutely do. May I avail myself of one? Perhaps I would be more than happy to get you another squirt. Thank yeah. you so much. You're so welcome. Ah, yeah, there you go. Uh, squirt. Mm. Squirt, 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 squirt. Have you ever had the ruby red squirt? No, is it any good? I've never had it. I was trying to get it the other day because... I had Crystal Pepsi, which I loved. Crystal Pepsi was fun. Did you have any when they reissued it? Mm-mm. Oh, damn. It was fun to taste it again. Yeah. I never had Zima when I was a drinker. That's the one thing <laughs> I kind of wish I'd tasted, you know, just for the weirdness of it. I think I might have tasted that at one point, accidentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of an accidental taste. Yeah. I did. The first time I did acid was in <laughs> in tandem with a couple of wine coolers at a New Wave <laughs> nightclub <laughs> out in the parking lot. That's an amazing and combination. I, I sort of ended up vomiting on the, on the asphalt while sitting in the driver's seat oh yeah with my head on the cement outside and the door closed on my neck <laughs> and just vomiting on the asphalt <laughs> wine cooler and then having weird very weird acid yeah um the trip the speed bit kicks in and it was so tangled weird. with the seagrams or what do you call it the bartles and james like some horrifying like peach wine cooler oh wine coolers are the worst i mean obviously do those still exist I think they do. Let's look that up. I believe I saw them, but that, no, I saw them at a place like 15 years ago. Well, in, in effect, they do because there's all those little weird fucking slim can things you see people drinking at parties and you're like, what's that? And it's some seltzery thing with a fruit flavor and I don't know. Liquor. It's liquor. 
I mean, just it's liquor. Have some liquor. Yeah. It's your phone, or yeah, that's your. That's phone. my phone. Oh, this is my phone, the one that's near me. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm yours. Fi- over I'm there. figuring that out now. You know what? What a friend just asked if anyone he knows anyone in LA with some Truvada because his husband that his bar- husband can borrow for two days. I mean, I have some Truvada. How much? How much does he need? Two. I take Truvada. I don't have them with me though. I mean, I have them at Janine's place. Janine's yeah. coming here, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So, could I should I say to him that a friend has, friend has two that his friend can bring over because we're taping up. I'll just tell him the, I'll give him the minute by minute breakdown of the show. Yeah, and then I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. To the land, and they said that they'll like send them back. Yeah, not to Iceland, not the originals. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the originals. Yeah. <laughs> These are just a deconstructed version of what you had. Now, uh, you know, when we had that deconstructed pumpkin cheesecake over at um, Circus Circus, do you remember that? <laughs> oh, how, I mean, how could I forget that? Right. Uh, so delicious. It took up the whole table. And yeah, there was, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was all very flat, but it had to be rolled out. <laughs> exactly. Did we light it on fire on our fork, or did we have to light it on fire and then fork? I can't remember. It was just a carton. It was just like a... Like a gallon of heavy cream, and then the the um, laser disc of um, peanuts Halloween special. Yes, of course. That's right, and I mean that course. was some deconstructed shit, right? There. That really was. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was at a very uh, elevated dining experience. <laughs> exactly. I haven't gone to the new Amoeba yet. You to. haven't gone to the new Amoeba yet. Well, no. I've been there a couple of times now. Yeah, which is good because you're sort of making up for my absence. As I well. am. You I are. Am. And you had to come from out of state to do that, which I know is the principal reason for this trip. So I got to say thank you, John. Thank you. What's the principal reason for this trip? Oh, to make up for my absence at Amoeba. Oh, yeah. You yeah, just sort yeah, of want yeah. to make sure the, the balance in the universe with everything else going on. Yeah, and close a couple of those wormholes that you facilitated. Yeah, you know? that's all. That's all. Because yeah. everything else going on in the world, if we had this, Craig's not a, been, been at Amoeba we'd finally tip over the edge See, that's the pure thing. madness. Yeah. You know, um, at Amoeba, I did find myself longing for the old one. I could see that. But they did a great job. Uh-huh. They did a great job. So they have kind of all the categories that they had before. Seems like it. Great. It'll just be a matter yeah. of getting used to the new shop, just the new layout, the new... It's not as... I mean, it's, it's a big open box. Is it two floors? I mean, there are some levels in there, mm. but you know you can see them all. Yeah, you know within the within the space, it was very crowded today. I will say, mm. and there were a couple of things that I was looking for. I I really need to get a copy of this band called Minor Detail. Have you ever heard of them? I have heard of it's them. It's from the eighties. Yeah, and my buddy that I mentioned before, Scott Heim, who yeah. should be on the show instead of me. Um, <laughs> is uh he sent me he's he's always hiding these fucking tracks because he's he's always got to have something to spring on you you know because he he has he just has like all he's keeping all this great music from me yeah you know that because you know he's he just always wants to you know be able to dazzle you throw you off guard you know fuck you you know (laughs) And and so, um, but this minor detail track, and the, the name of which escapes me, maybe I should text him. Let's pull and up. Find out what it is. What we because I really need, I was looking for that CD or that album there, and I yeah. couldn't find it. I bet you and Warren Cucurulo could write a really cool track together. I think so, too. Yeah. 
And I think we should. I, I, I was actually going to try and get in touch with him while I was out here. Yeah. And I forgot. <laughs> well, also, like we talked about, two weeks is really nothing when you're coming to visit L.A. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. You see. It speeds past. You know. Oh, my God. It's just, this place is, I mean, I can't stop staring at the palm trees. I yeah. can't get enough of the palm trees. I still haven't gotten enough, and I live here. So, granted, I don't go outside as much as I should. However, I'm always enchanted by them. I've been on a big sparks kick, as you know. Yeah, and that's actually, I just got, um, I can talk to you about the vinyl, the other vinyl that I got. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, which, a couple of them were sparks. One, one was the sparks remix album, which was like $53. That's, that's pretty penny. Highway I mean, they're, robbery. They're worth every... Every one of those pennies. Every one still. of those pennies. And I mean, I'd pay 100 or $200 for it, so... Sure. Or whatever. And I believe it's on their label now. Little Beethoven. I think they got the rights oh, really? to all their masters, which yeah. is great. They're smart. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been on like 12 different labels as well. So to have everything on the one is pretty good. So cool. How do they recommend the documentary, The Sparks Brothers? Yeah. I, I really want to watch that. I don't know why I haven't yet. So I got this Sparks record. Oh, you're pulling rabbits out of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And I, don't ha I didn't have that one yet. That's not one of my top favorites of theirs but i've not listened to it that much right yeah but i mean the cover's amazing yeah and then sparks sparks stretched the 12 inch remixes 1979 to 1984 that sounds amazing that's I'm gonna really have to great pick that up yeah and i got um ultravox systems of romance Ooh. which is off the fucking hook yeah they really they re-released the essential divinals which has you know pleasure and pain on it which is one of the, one of their great tracks yeah and it does not have i touch myself on it it's those first three um albums from chrysalis oh okay which are the best do you know who mike chapman always talks about as being one of the bands he feels like just should have been embraced by everyone and divinals wasn't? yeah because he produced one at least one of those records okay i mean they're the first divinals record um, Desperate is one of my all-time favorite records, and it is a fucking blinder of a record. Um, kids out there in TV land, yes, you know you need to get the first Divinyls record because Chrissy Chrissy Amphlett was a force of nature, and they don't they don't make them like that. Yeah, that's sure. that's the other thing he was saying that one of the best vocalists he's ever worked with is her. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. Um, I got a Grace Jones uh, unreleased 12-inch Fever what? record, which, look at the cover of this. It's in perfect condition and seems to be have been... Oh, wow. <laughs> um, seems to have been like a, a promotional thing. It's a double vinyl. Oh, my God. And it's in mint condition, just fucking cherry. It's got, you know, Slave the Rhythm on it and, and, and a whole host of other things like private life which is one of the greatest covers ever done in the history of all galaxies yeah and popular music and popular music mm -hmm. i also got the score to inseminoid did you see that i saw the picture of that did Don't you see i mean that's that's fucking heaven that looks pretty wild i've never seen that film yeah or heard the score i haven't either but the picture on that vinyl is gorgeous is enough oh this is great i got another ennio morricone score called um the alibi interesting which Did sounds really beautiful i got something called something weird which is has like all these like go-go dancers bikini topless women dancing on the front and it's all uh -huh. this weird um 
You know, like something the Cramps would have put together. Yes, one of those types of compilations. Yeah. yeah. And when I got to the um, when I got to the um, cash register with that, the girl behind there said, "Oh, I just got this, and it's fucking amazing. Nice. You're gonna love it. Fantastic." So I got really excited about that, and then she and I talked about Nervous Norvis a little bit. Uh-huh. I've heard that name, but don't yeah. know anything about Nervous Norvis. He did a track called Transfusion and one called Ape Call. Mm-hmm. Um, these are I, I'm not sure what year these were. 50s or 40s mm-hmm. maybe even probably 50s um transfusion um ape call the wild dogs of a kentucky if you can get your hand on a nervous nervous record um i would do it if i were you if you like the weird wacky well, you roger know. miller style shit from way back when you know i love all that stuff me too um i also got one of these i think you know sacred bones is performing an incredible service, the record label Sacred Bones, by releasing all these Mort Garson records. I'm not familiar with Mort Garson. Oh See, my more God. stuff that or I are get you to enjoy. Shit your diaper. <laughs> That's good because uh, you know it's been a little slow in that department lately. The diaper hasn't really? seen much action. Yeah. I also um, this. I also got one. That I can't read what this is. It's an Ing- it's an Ingrid uh, Bergman film. Um. The score looks really incredible. Uh-huh. And you, I you have quite a tremendous selection of scores. You know, here. I mean, if when you when you talk to people who are in the industry who, you know, I was hanging with a music supervisor. Yeah. The other day, the music supervisor, um Thomas Galubic, um who's a music supervisor on um Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And, sure. I mean, he's really amazing. And his knowledge of music is encyclopedic, and his collection is unfucking believable. And so when I see those collections, I don't think. I mean, I do have a nice, I do have a nice hefty selection yes. of scores. Absolutely, do. you do. Yeah. But you know, I was talking to another another um, score master, who uh, David Arnold, who does, who's done so many of the James Bond sure scores. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was talk, I was bragging, uh, like I have like thirty, <laughs> I have like thirty. Um, you know, Morricone, or, Morricone, yeah. you know, reissues like on vinyl and everything. He's like, I think I have 253 <laughs> of his on vinyl. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, <laughs> it's, it's good to know that there's, you know, a lot to discover still. But that's the exciting part yeah. about that, you know, and also to know too, that those guys are still fans and oh, get God, everything, yeah. you know, totally. But Mort Garson, um, Let's talk a little bit about him because yes. the stuff that Sacred Bones is releasing is stuff that you should run out and buy. If you like weird, strange, electronic music from 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 yesteryear. I certainly uh, do. That definitely fits the bill. Yeah, I just need to show you the still image from the minor detail video on the top there. <laughs> we'll put that, I'll put that on the Instagram. For Fantastic. The, uh, yeah, companion pieces. Kind of a clown face. Excuse me. Oh, I'm getting mm. choked up. <clears throat> clown face. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's devastating, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. I get emotional. I see that kind of a oh, mime sure, clown sure, combo, sure. a hybridization of our favorite art forms. Oh, you betcha. Mm-hmm. Living black velvet. Um. <laughs> That's re- another thing that reminds me of is uh, Roger Ebert's distaste for David Lynch films. I want to read you the Wild at Heart review. I wanted to share. I was going to share this with you the other day, but I felt save it for the show. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. He kind of notoriously did not enjoy Blue Velvet. 
Blue Velvet is a movie that really challenges you to think about your reactions to it. And my reaction is, I think this movie is cruelly unfair to its actors. It was directed by David Lynch, the same man who made Eraserhead and Dune. And he's a talented director. You can see that here in scenes that have a lot of power. But he asked Isabella Rossellini in this movie to be undressed and humiliated on the screen, as few actresses ever have been, certainly in non-porno roles. And then he tries to take the edge off her shocking scenes by turning the whole thing into some kind of a joke. Well, either this material is funny, in which case you don't take advantage of your stars, or it isn't funny, in which case it shouldn't have so much campy and adolescent dialogue along with the really powerful sexual scenes. Sure, the movie's well made, but the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. Well, I liked it, and I thought about it a lot, and I think mm -hmm. you may be on the wrong tack in trying to feel sorry for Isabella Rossellini, because after all, she consented to do what she did on the screen, number one. Number two, I'm sure she's walking around wherever she lives, New York City or whatever, and survived the whole experience, just like Janet Lee survived the shower scene in Psycho. So I don't think that that's pertinent. I think what's exciting about the film, and it is challenging, is it starts out with flowers and sunlight, and it's a happy little town, and then we dig deeper, and we find out it's a nasty town, or at least a couple of people are nasty. And I sat there, and this did for me, and I use the Psycho example again, this did for me what Psycho did as a lot younger, which is eyes open, and oh my God, we're really getting in over our heads. And that's an experience which is challenging, shocking, mm -hmm. but mesmerizing, and I like the picture. Well, first of all, I don't think I'm on the wrong tack with Isabella Rossellini. In the first place, the movie was shot in two halves, so she had no idea making her part of the movie that all of the stuff outdoors and in the daylight was going to be smarmy and campy and funny with all kinds of in-jokes. And secondly, it seems to me that we can't divorce our reactions. It's not how Ro Isabella Rossellini reacts mm -hmm. to the fact that she's standing there nude and humiliated on the lawn of the police captain's house with lots of people watching. It's how I react. Mm -hmm. And that's painful to me to see a woman treated like that. And mm -hmm. I want to know that if I'm feeling that pain, it's for a reason that the movie has other than simply to cause pain to her. Well, I think that the reason is that the film is a thriller and a shocker. I mean, mm -hmm. there are people that get hurt badly yeah. in real life. That's and right. I think that this is a legitimate one. This is not a simple mad slasher okay, then movie. Then why is it a comedy? Because he wants to set you up. He's a director. Mm -hmm. And he wants to play you like all the directors, the great directors want to do. He wants to play you like a piano, which is have you smile and then swing you right into the... Some depression. Yeah, well, the next I think, time I think somebody he wants to play me like a piano, he'd better get some music that's worth listening to. I think this is a good song. That's very strange to me, I have to say. It, it is very strange. Because he was a smart man. And Blue Velvet is a masterpiece. It is. And I Every can't... single fucking second of it. I'm looking at Mark Garson so that... I oh, yeah, get, yeah, more. yeah. Let's, I, I don't want to get away or forget about m Mr. Garson. Some genius on YouTube, and some YouTube angel, rather, has put together collections of Dogs of the Week... What a lot of nonsense. Hello, Spot the Wonder Dog. Every time we see Spot in the balcony, that means it's time for Dog of the Week, where each of us picks the week's worst movies. These films are even worse than The Warriors. Pretty much at least 50% of them. I'm like, that's a classic. This is also a classic. Yeah. But then sometimes they would review porn films. No Very, way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'll drop some inserts in. You're uh, kidding. No. No, I, I really do. Interesting that you should say inserts. Thank you very much. <laughs> My dog this week is Debbie Does Dallas, an X-rated hardcore porno film that rips off everybody's favorite pro football cheerleaders, the Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> the movie, needless to say, has nothing to do with the Cowgirls, but it got a lot of publicity when the Dallas team sued for infringement of copyright. And believe me, copyright is the least of the things that are infringed on in this movie. <laughs> it's about a young girl's attempt to raise enough money to fly to Dallas and become a cheerleader. And while working as a clerk in a sporting goods store, Debbie finds out in no time at all what a good sport the owner 
owner of the store is, but the movie is so boring and repetitive and tasteless, like most hardcore films, that about halfway through I began to realize that it doesn't need a movie critic to analyze it, it needs a gynecologist. We talked about that film before, right? Jessica Harper and Veronica Cartwright. Unfortunately, Richard Dreyfus. but you know, what are you gonna do? Which film? It, it was rated X. It's a drama about this alcoholic filmmaker who's on the skids a bit, so now he's shooting inserts, porn inserts. Jessica Harper and Veronica Cartwright are both nude in it. It's a must-see. I will make a copy of it for you. I have it in my disorganized collection of DVDs that number into the thousands. You're uh, one of these people that are hiding things. <laughs> and then you just reveal them at these moments when you know that, uh, that the person sitting across from you is that they're most vulnerable. That's what it is. And impressionable. Yeah. Listeners of the show know I, just, I do all this just to wait for that vulnerable moment, then I attack. And just watch, just watch the blood drain from my face. Yeah. But I spared you the indignity of filming that moment. I didn't do that. Didn't you? Matter of fact, I did. That TV Thank doubles you. as a... Thank you. Well, you know how it is no, these that days. double TV triples well, that's, as a... <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 It triples as a surveillance and... Exactly. Uh, double surveillance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People... What you do is you attack with confusion. And then, you know, there's just... The discombobulation is insurmountable. Exactly. And then what I do is I soothe also with confusion. Yes, you soothe with confusion. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind, though. It's a different flavor of confusion. <laughs> it which, sure is. And the overall effect is yeah. confusion. Yeah. So you're not sure which way you're headed. You don't know if you're left, right, It doesn't right, taste south. as bad as fake banana, but... But what does, really? But what does? Nothing. Nothing. Although I have a fondness for fake banana flavor because it's so peculiar and you can actually kind of taste the car wax that's in it. If you look at the now and laters that have that banana flavor. Oh, shit. It says carnauba wax, which is basically turtle wax as far as I know. Well, I mean, I'll eat that on my own if I've got a craving for that. I'll eat it on, on its own. Well, I know. You don't want it screwed around with. It's like deodorant. I want unscented. I don't want ocean mist, mm -mm. you know, or macho. Swagger. Yeah, swagger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once Axe Body Spray makes a line of deodorants, and I was just trying new deodorants, so I tried one of those Axe things. Before I knew what they smelled like, mm -hmm. it did not work. The deodorant, was it, it, like, it was like, oh, you wouldn't have had B.O., but now that this is on you, we're going to bring it out of you somehow. So that was kind of scary. But, you know, we should come out with our own line of deodorants and have things called cum bath and, you know. I think so. <laughs> that yeah. would sell. Cum breath, that could be like the, 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 the uh, Bianca, uh, right? Or Banaka? The, the Bianca Jagger Banaka. endorsed Banaka. That's what Banaka that, Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> That's our company name. Exactly. That's you go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Oops. all the Banaka Jagger products yeah. at Romper Room and Cuddle Dungeon. <laughs> one stop shopping oh, we, shit. we can work that into the jingle or have the jingle sort of leave a space at the end cuddle dungeon is just genius <laughs> this episode is over but stick around for the bonus material coming up exactly. right now so <laughs> here's the beginning of ebert's review there is something inside of me that resists the films of david lynch i am aware of it i admit to it but i cannot think my way around it I sit and watch his films, and I'm aware of his energy, his visual flair, his flashes of wit. But as the movie rolls along, something grows inside of me, an indignation, an unwillingness, a resistance. At the end of both Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart, I was angry, as if a clever con man had tried to put one over on me. I think he's thinking of Shalamalam. M. Night Shalamalam. M. Night Shalamalam? Sh uh, yeah. 
Wasn't he sensing that was about to happen, perhaps, instead of what he thinks he's talking about? This is, I think, when he was in his predictive, mildly psychic phase. Mm -hmm. He closes the uh, review with, I think he says, like, he he went to go see it a second time to make sure. To make sure. He said, I've seen the movie twice now. I liked it less the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Which one was that? Blue Velvet? Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. And he says something in it, too, about the misogyny in the movie, which I don't see it. I don't get it. I'm happy that he was trying to ferret that stuff out of films. Well, I don't see I don't see people displaying actual behavior. I don't see showing the way people actually behave as... Oh, right. As misogynist. As an indicator in this, that in the context. filmmaker yeah. is this way inclined. I agree with you. Yeah. It's like Scorsese... With stuff, he's depicting stuff. Yeah, yeah. The message is always like, probably don't do this. Probably don't do this is the overriding feeling I get when I see yeah. uh, Jake LaMotta hitting his wife. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I don't think that's the reaction. Well, what about displaying racism? You know, the, the truth right. about racism. Yeah. It's like, you're going to have to have white people using the N-word when you write a script about that. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You know, you're because that's what happened. And it's a depiction of something yeah. to show you... Exactly how it was. Yes, yes. Or how it is. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I mean, so yeah. Or like a sexist thing happening. It's not in there to be like, this is celebratory. And if Ebert is referring to the fact that one of the main, the main villain in the fil- film is a woman, I don't buy that as misogyny either because this is a crazy person. Well, because they're villains of their a villain can be any sex. Yes, exactly. And there's <laughs> a mean? lot of yeah, there's a lot of villains. And he s- does infer that the killing at the beginning uh, is there's some kind of racist aspect to it. And I was like, I don't get it. He just doesn't like David Lynch films. I think. I think everything just rings the bells the wrong way for him, or di- it did for him because he's no longer with us. But yeah, no. But depiction is not an endorsement. That's how I always feel about that. But also, what if what if what if something is misogyny? Yeah. What if something is racist? I mean, that happens. That's right. And no, so, it, yeah, if, you know. And so, um, I don't know. I, I get it. If if somebody if if a director is, you know, has that as his own personal worldview, and is trying to depict that. And is trying to demean women by yes. showing what he's showing. I mean, that's a different thing. Or exposing his own racist, or you know, displaying his own racist ideas. Obviously, that's a different thing. But portraying that on film is not a crime. Michael Winner is a good example of someone who was a complete pig, made Death Wish, and I think most of the sequels. Mm-hmm. And he, he was an awful man. And right. those films are fascist slash racist. Right. And not in a cute way, but... Not in a cute way either. No. And I definitely watched those like in the middle of the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. I don't know why a bunch of uh, pre-election, why a bunch of fascism-leaning movies would be uh, calling to me. But, just wanted to get, in, get into the mood. Yeah, I wanted to get, as Spark says, get in, get in the swing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, with everybody and everything. Yes, yeah, so I watched Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson. Yeah. An amusing one with Chuck Norris where the Russians invade the U.S. and... And these are all right-wing people making this movie. And now they're all happy to be loving the people that they hated back then. But anyway, that's hmm. a, that's a kind of, I don't know if that sentence was wobbly. I don't know if it would check out. I think it probably checker. made sense. If yeah. one could have 
you know, it's like being on Lombard Street, you know. Isn't it always? Uh, yeah, on a bicycle <laughs> going downhill. <laughs> or Baxter. Oh, well, forget Baxter. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to go up that backwards to even Woo! have a chance yeah. at it. But yeah, I was talking to uh, a friend's relative the other day, a wonderful 13-year-old, very smart kid. They couldn't finish reading Lord of the Flies because it was body shaming one of the characters. And I said, wait, you mean Piggy? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, they call him Piggy. And I just kind of wish I'd said, but the thing is, though, it's, it's an unpleasant read, but that's why you read it. It, it's, it doesn't reflect our ideal version of the world. It, it's telling you about human nature or the, yeah. you know, the author's thoughts about human nature. It sort of feels like, yeah, I mean, it sort of feels like people think that bad behavior or unacceptable, unacceptable behavior or un, the unsavoriness of the world can be fixed, which is sort of what I... You know, I was getting that in vacation Bible school a lot, you know, oh, as a child. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now it just that's this is the same thing. It's pretending. You can't change the world like that. I mean, yes, we can we can try and you know, you got to you take care of your own shit. Yeah. You, and... know, you take care of your own shit and make sure you're not doing that stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. In the book it's because they torture this kid because he's fat. It's like yeah. it's, it's making a point, and they hate him. Yeah, <laughs> because he, he's fat. Exactly, and and they are doing this when they've now been freed from the rest of society. But what happens? They turn into the society that you know the all the oppression, all that stuff comes in. So I think it's a valid text. I hope they read it at of some course. point because that will teach you more than a, a, a utopian idealist story about everything working out right. And everything working out right, everything working out right is an outright lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's another t-shirt that you can get at Romper Room. Exactly. I don't know if Cuddle Dungeon will carry that. Maybe in a sweatshirt. Because it is Cuddle Dungeon, you know what I mean? It's it is like, Cuddle Dungeon. Yeah. You don't need those vibes up in that <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's all fine. It's, it's on one. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, but right. So there is like the Bible school stuff. Or just religion in general. It, it, it's... It's so funny how a lot of that stuff is just like some bully or abusive person that you've known who insists that whatever way they're telling you things have to be, that you just have to go along with it. Right. Individuals must figure out what they think. Yeah. If a film or a movie, or film or movie, you know, those two different categories, if a film or book is racist, misogynist, or whatever, is that... It gets into murky territory. Like, well, does that mean it ceases to be allowed to exist? Or, I don't know. Yeah, word. Mm. Well, Dangerous Love, I bet, is fine because it's about a video dating service. and stars Elliot Gould and has a cameo from Angeline. Elliot Gould. Yeah, he he had the pick of any movie and then he behaved very badly in a couple sets. A film was shut down that he was supposed to be producing. Really? Yeah, then he got into... Then he was he picked a lot of weird movies. He's an interesting character. Is he still? Yeah, he's still with us, as they say. Still with us. Yes, yes he's still with yes, us. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Very good in a couple of Robert Altman films. Oh, geez. There's so much Robert Altman I haven't seen. I still have about four or five. And one of them has come to the five and dime come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Dean. I yeah. just got that and haven't seen it yet. Nice. Same here, pretty much. Although, I've, except I've had Isn't it. Isn't that Sandy Dennis? Yep. And Cher, Cher and, and Cher and Karen Black. Right. Yeah. 
What's not to like there? And how have we not seen it yet? I, I don't understand that either. That's part of the mystery of life, right? It is part of the mystery of life. Yeah. I'm going to watch that right when I get back to Iceland. I'll watch it too, and then we'll <laughs> compare notes. Maybe we can watch it at the same time. That would be fun. That'd be fun. Tandem I guess watch. people are doing that. They were doing that these days. Uh, yeah. The uh, Amazon group things, whatever the hell. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've also done the low-tech version with Kieran where we just text each other while we watch terrible films. Kieran. Yeah. I haven't heard from him in like three he months. Well, look, I mean. Just tell me. No, he doesn't hate no, you. No, go ahead. Say, yes, you're, that's right. He does hate you. <laughs> he doesn't hate you, as far as I know. Oh, Karen. He, he wished that thing worked out, but, you know, I haven't heard from him th- th- in three months. He lives across the hall from me. So, I know. Yeah. I'd like to see him. We could ambush him. Yeah, I don't like to do that to people. And he doesn't like it when it's done to him. So yeah. maybe that's not the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. We could try it, though. Oh, bless his cotton sock. Yeah, exactly. I'll just excerpt this part of the show. Slip it under his door. On, ca- on cassette, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, try to appeal. What if he's not okay? There's not a smell, is there? No, he's been posting pictures of his cat okay. and stuff like that. Very good. He's actually looks like he's in great shape. He lost a lot of weight. He's been working out. Weird. I would introduce him to Ada, but I mean, I've known the guy a long time. I don't know. People have been weird. People have been weird this last couple of years. Yeah, and they must be forgiven for, for being that way. I mean, I certainly get cut a lot of slack from my people, <laughs> those who are kind enough to. Well, you're a very lovely guy. Uh, I don't know. Well. You're, that's very sweet of you to say. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'll take it with humility and gratitude. Good. Please do. And please take it. Cause, Got uh, it. Take yeah. it, yeah. I yeah. like because, yeah. Because it's true. You know, you're a lovely guy. I mean, we all have things that uh, either present in ways that we wish they didn't or prevent us from reaching out to people or receiving reach outs you know what i mean and they've all been exacerbated by the last two years Mm. any shit that you like oh i was over that when i was 15 no you're not guess what (laughs) no you're not guess what we got coming to dinner Remember it's the, your inner child. Here you go. Remember that insecure- This time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> and you got lots of time to think about it. Sat in your own house. <laughs> totally. lo- looking at the different walls. Even the different lighting systems won't help you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The loops and spirals. Yeah. Oh, the loops and spirals. Hmm. But, one of my favorite um, stereo lab records is Dots and Loops. Do you know that one? I do know that one. Yeah. yeah that's great. That is a good one. Great. I just, those re-releases are so exquisitely beautiful with giant like subway size posters of the artwork. Really? And, oh, man. Kids, run out and get your stereo lab reissues um, post-haste, if you if you would. Yeah. If that's your jam, because they are so lovingly done. And then hastily post those posters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hastily. Hastily. Without tarrying. Yeah, no. No yeah. tarrying allowed. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not. Maybe framing. Like terry cloth encouraged. Absolutely, certainly, because you you want to you want to buff out any smudges on the frames. Yeah, and you want to look good while you're doing it. At, that's right. And what's the answer to that? What's the thing that'll make that happen? Chenille. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that the old theme song go? Chenille, Shemile, Terry Cloth Incorporated. Schlemiel, Yeah, that's right. Schlemiel, yeah, Schlemiel, Terry Cloth and Pepper Incorporated. That's right. Haas and Pfeffer. Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. Yeah, that's right. And milk and Pepsi is actually a real thing that I guess the well, uh, it makes sense. Doesn't it? I mean... Just like a fucking root beer float. <laughs> it's cream inside the fucking... Cola. Soda, yeah. Cream and cola. 
that could be served at which which one? I guess that could be at both the 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 romper room. The romper room will serve cream and cola. Will 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 serve the best root beer floats in existence with premium vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. and the best root beer money can buy. Imported. Yeah, that'll be like the special treat. That's that's the name of it, the special Gosh, treat. Speaking of which, you know, special treats. I went to Randy's Donuts for the first time the other day oh, when yes. I was returning the rental car. And they had a fucking lemon Bismarck on the menu. Do you know what a lemon Bismarck oh, is? Oh, my goodness. It's just a jelly donut filled with lemon curd, you know, yeah. with powdered sugar on top of it. Heavenly. And I didn't get one. You didn't? No, because I was too busy getting this other donut. And that's happened to me with Randy's because they used to deliver. They used to have a location that was close enough to deliver. Now, yeah, they do not. Yeah, yeah, very frustrating. It was really tough, and the, the lemon Bismarck is quite a commitment, I have to say, because it's yeah. just so sweet. Yes, and yes. but I, I mean, the lemon Bismarck—that's what I'm talking about. And you probably haven't had a lemon Bismarck in a fair amount of time. Oh, it's been decades. Because also the pastries, while they are glorious in Iceland. They don't have the lemon Bismarck. They ain't got no lemon Bismarck no. in there. Not at all. Mm-hmm. No. And I don't think they deserve it. So they wouldn't know what to do with it if they did. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, feh. I mean, they might, you know, squirt some lemon curd on a piece of chicken and call it, you know, lemon chicken, but it ain't. And I didn't see much of that when I was there. Maybe that, maybe you just showed me the safe side of town. Well, there's a lot of great food there. So you, it's, there's, it's easy to avoid the horrors. And I like a good hot dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we get? Did we? No, we didn't get the dog. There did we? So. No, because mm-hmm. people kept saying, "Oh, you got to get the dog." Everything everyone said to me about what I had to do in Iceland, which I always find funny when people go, "Oh, well, you know, you're going to have to." I just at first I go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm probably not going to," but okay, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like then I just keep agreeing. Uh, and then when I came back, there was one friend who was like, "Did you do this? Did you do the hot spring? And I was like, "No, no, no. I I told you before I went. I'm going to visit my friend." Neither of us are that way inclined. No. I'm not like, I got to get out there. I got to go I'm see this. I'm not looking to do shit. <laughs> you know? I mean, if it's cool, you know, maybe. Yeah. You know, I like architecture. Yeah. I like a good museum if sure. the exhibit is, you know, something that I want to see. Yeah. And I realize there's a lot of stuff that I don't know that I want to see that I need to see, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. you know, but I don't, you know, the whole thing of like schedules and having to do shit all day long because you're somewhere else that's never going to happen to me if there's somebody out there that thinks they're going to do that with me let me just tell you you're not think again yeah. okay think again consider it long and hard yeah i mean i have been all over the world and seen a lot of stuff and i do love to look at things and i and i you know i usually and you wish they all could be california girls i know oh boy don't you <laughs> california boys rather well sure Sure. In in my case, because yeah. they sure are special. Yeah, there's some good ones out here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do the tourist stuff when you were first in, say, a place that... Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid and you were with a group, like a church group or like some thing you paid for. When I went to, you know, when I went to Germany for the first time, I, you know, it was like we went to... Um, East Germany the year before the wall fell. It was 1988. And, you know, they you get taken around to the sites and the different places. You know, Weimar, where Luther nailed the, the whatever those were. the What did Luther nail to the door? 
they were like amendments or what were those called i i it, i just can't think of what it was that he nailed to the door we we can look it up we looked up uh not lemon bismarcks but we looked up something so, more garson more garson we, talk we, about more we garson. do we're not we want to your listeners need to i'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with mort garson so um, yes, it might be redundant there information might be some for them. preaching to the choir here. Exactly. But everybody needs to know about Mort Garson because it will bring great joy into your life. If you like, you know, if you like beautiful, weird, strange synth music from yesteryear, as mentioned previously. Made by a Canadian as well. Made by a Canadian. So it's just gentler. Yeah. And it's intent. I love Canada. I do too. I, I want to go to the Calgary Stampede right now. And ride the zipper. That's what you have scheduled, I think, isn't it? After your trip to L.A.? Yeah, but I think I'm, we're just going to end up in some sort of hotel in Banff. Oh, okay. Yeah. That always or happens. Jasper. Yeah, yeah. Or I might just, I might just recreate the um, opening sequence of The Shining in Glacier National Park by driving up going to the Sun Road while listening to Wendy Carlos's Rocky Mountains sequence. I think that's a beautiful idea. That's one of the greatest things you could possibly ever endeavor to do. Do you know that there is at least a full album's worth of unused Wendy Carlos material from the Shining Sessions? But it might be on YouTube. It might be available in bootleg form. Well, why can't you come to me with facts? And things like, it is available on YouTube. <laughs> you know, like, it might be. Well, then you're going to accuse me of holding things in reserve to provoke the vulnerability that will allow me to attack in the way that I'm known for. Or Holden Caulfield. I'm on trial for that right now. I mean, I can't get into the particulars, but uh, but I will. By the way, I recently saw a movie um, called Boogie. Did you see that? I did not. It's a newer thing, and it's got... Um, is it Taylor Page? Not sure. The actress from Zola? It's Taylor Page. I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's exquisite. Mm-hmm. She's really good. But this movie, Boogie, is about this um, American student of Chinese heritage whose parents came over from China. Mm-hmm. They all speak Chinese at home. And I suppose um, I should be saying they speak Mandarin. Okay. Because, you know, people are always, there's no language called Chinese. There's Cantonese and Mandarin and all that. I believe they're speaking Mandarin. I could be mistaken. Maybe it's Cantonese. I do not know. I cannot recognize the nine tone levels of Cantonese. That's a requirement to be on this show. So yeah. just let Scott yeah, Heim know. I know. I'm going to let this one pass because we're friends. Okay, yeah. but all right. Yeah. But it was interesting because you have a really diverse... This guy goes to a high school here in LA, I believe, somewhere. Oh. I think it's LA. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. It's New York City. Excuse me. Um, it's quite obviously New York City. But I, I um, When you live in Iceland for a while, it yeah. all looks the same over here. Yeah, but it's just, a, it's about this kid trying to deal with, you know, where he comes from and the traditions of that his parents have brought with them from China and sort of figure out who he is in the context of this country mm-hmm. and his high school life and his relationship with this girl in high school. It's, I thought it was a really beautiful movie. It just came on one night. It was one that I didn't know. I was in Las Vegas and didn't feel well. Oh. So I was in my hotel room for the for the evening and just watching, you know, shit on TV. And all of a sudden, this movie Boogie came on, and I was like, "When is it gonna like? Maybe it's Boogie Nights, you yeah, know? When right, the, yeah. When's the night's gonna appear on there? But no, it's this movie called Boogie. 
And I thought it was really great. And the reason I bring it up is because there's this scene in one of the classrooms where they're talking, they're reading The Catcher in the Rye and talking to the teacher about it. And they're just like, fuck that guy. Uh I don't get that guy. I hate that fucking guy. I hate this guy. The only reason he's in this state is because he comes from privilege and and he doesn't, I don't remember exactly what they say, but it was just a really interesting, I mean, I love Catcher in the Rye. Sure. But to hear like this sort of cultural touchstone... Well, yeah, to hear it from the point of view of of you know of of an immigrant, yeah, who is leading a a very unprivileged life yeah. here in the states. Uh, it was it was interesting. It was just made me think about what we think about that novel. Mm-hmm. Like it really did a little bit. Um, it's interesting. I like the sound of that film. Yeah, but check it out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, modern cinema, there's so much great stuff. I saw Minari recently. I'm way behind on modern cinema, by the way. So yeah, me too. These are all very helpful. Minari, you know, won the Oscar mm-hmm. for Best Foreign Film last year. And it's about Korean immigrants coming to the States and making their way in, like, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it is... It is truly, I believe, you know, I believe it deserved to get the prize that it got. It's just a beautiful slice of, it's just a beautiful slice of someone's reality that, yeah. you, that you usually, or that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. Um, it's one of my favorite things about film, yeah, really. Which is like, why, we, why we watch films. Yeah. Know? Well, the movie I mentioned that Ada and I watched the other night, the Godard film, two or three things I mm-hmm. know about her, yeah. was amazing because I didn't know what we were getting into. And she just suggested, why don't we watch a movie? Because we were watching all the reports of the invasion in Ukraine. Mm. And while this was not necessarily a uh, frothy, diversionary kind of film, it was very like hardcore dismissal or condemnation of capitalism, in a sense. It was amazing because it was really like smack you about the face in what it was saying. But also in form, it used all these different sort of breaking of rules of the film form. Sometimes people will just turn and talk directly to the camera or there's different scenarios going on and you're like, is she talking to the camera or is she talking to a character? But it made you think about stuff, some stuff that maybe you don't want to think about. Yeah. But that's the other great thing about movies and they can do that. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm a little bit behind on Godard. Oh, so the, am I. But the French have a special way of making you think about things. They do yeah. have a, I mean, they have a special way of dealing with cinema and dealing with life in general and... I do love French films, mm-hmm. and I love French horror movies too because they're so. I mean, because French nihilism really comes to the fore. <laughs> the French version of nihilism really comes to the fore, and those. Sure. I mean, jeez, Louise. They let it rock, basically. The oh, nihilism. Man. I don't know any French horror films. I think you've got to watch Martyrs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, but that was on the double bill with Herbie Goes Bananas. So that one, that one I saw. But that's I, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? Did you think it was right? The order. That they played the two of them in? Well, you if you remember, they played the first half of Martyrs and then showed Herbie Goes Bananas and then showed the second half of Martyrs. I couldn't remember if it was that or, or if they alternated reels. Yeah, yeah. And so, I did agree with that. Yeah, that is the proper way to show it, I think. For me. Yeah. Well, for me, I think for everyone. It's like one of those Kinder Eggs. Yeah. You know? Just don't eat the toys in the middle. Right. Yeah. Play with them. Have fun. But be yeah, careful. Yeah. Don't swallow them. Insert them, perhaps. Absolutely. Especially the egg. Yeah. Don't eat them. No, yeah. no, don't eat them. <laughs> Especially post-insertion, but that should be obvious to anybody. <laughs> but, you know, you just want to make sure everyone's safe out yeah, there. but they're not. 
They're not. No. They, they need little help. They need they a little, need help. little help. They do. The other Godard film I've seen is that one, uh, Sympathy for the Devil, which is a lot of footage of the Stones working on the song Sympathy for the Devil. And you see how it starts as one kind of song and then transforms into the amazing record that we know. But it's that's intercut with these scenes of guerrilla fighters. And it doesn't, I don't know what he's trying to say in it. And when I watched it, I was very young and I just wanted to see the Stone stuff. So I thought, I don't know what the fuck this is. So I need to see Breathless because I've only seen part of the 1983 remake with Richard Gere. That's an actual remake of that movie? That's very real. I, that, this is one of the things I've said in this recording that is absolutely true. One of the five. And um, I won't name the other four. You're, that's up to everyone else to interpret. Yeah, yeah. But This is a Nancy Drew mystery. I'd like to thank a Nancy Drew mystery that was coupled with the Hardy Boys. The clue, uh, the clue and the Twisted Pervs. <laughs> <laughs> twisted Pervs. We'll get to that later. Um, that's a sub shop that we're going to open up. Uh, it, it, but what was I going to say? The uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I do it to myself, too. I had too. to get my Nancy Drew on. Yeah. No, well, I know. And I was like, that sounds like much better than what I was talking about. No. Uh, French films? Who knows? The French Nancy Drew saga. The Breathless, Richard Gere. Brett, thank you very much. Um, I watched it when I was in a bad mood, and it made me cranky. And so I was like, I'm not here for this. He plays one of the most annoying people I've ever seen in a film. And I can appreciate that. It's uh, supposedly one of Tarantino's favorite movies because of the visual style and the recklessness of it the, the, remake? the remake the remake yeah we'll watch 10 minutes later and you can see the beginning and the visuals are like this is cool there's a lot of um like rear process driving shots that are deliberately look fake there's a lot of like heavy pink lighting in the beginning i'm all for that yeah then it gets very difficult i do i want to finish it then watch the original which i know is the recommended course of action watch mm. the richard gear remake then watch the original I think I watched it shortly after I watched American Gigolo for the first time, which is an incredible film. I haven't seen that in so long. I can't remember it. I think you did. I just remember, you know, loving Richard Gere's butt. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he well, great, you know, he's there's great caboose. There's frontal nudity in this breathless remake. He's taking a shower. He also is a, not a natural drummer. In at least three of his films, he plays sort of air drums or taps on a desk. He does it in a. Goodbar, looking for Mr. Goodbar. He does it in Breathless. He does it in at least one other film. And it's uh, not terrific. Doesn't have the best rhythm. How unfortunate. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. Hey, you know, speaking of drums, did you hear the rumor about what Criterion is going to release in June? No, I have not. No? No. It is my me. understanding, according to my friend Greg, mm -hmm. they're going to release Pink Flamingos. Really? In June. Amazing. That's a rumor okay. that I've heard well, from my friend Greg, but he does know everything. Well, and... Craig's Scott Hyman, Greg. Um, I can't. Again, so, just let them know that they need to know the nine tones or tone variations of, of Cantonese. Cantonese. Yes, yeah. because that's a requirement, yeah. prerequisite, if you will. Yeah, if they want to play ball with daddy. That, exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. Sure. Yeah, that's usually how I phrase it in the email, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to sit on daddy's lap? <laughs> nine tones. Yeah, nine you know. tones. Yeah, there's your assignment. Extra credit? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's when they're sitting on the lap. That's yeah. when they, yeah. Give me the five tones of Thai. We won't get into what they get then, but the twisted love, pervs aspect comes into it. You know, whenever I go to a Thai restaurant, I always, I mean, I love to use whatever 
words I know in any foreign language, you know, mm -hmm. whenever I can. Yeah. And in Thai, the only thing I know how to say is thank you, which is kap kum kap. Kap kum oh. kap. Interesting. Yeah. And, but the, the woman says it differently. She always, uh, if, a, if a woman is replying to you, she'll say, Kap kum ka. <laughs> kap kum ka. That's interesting. So it's, yeah. it's different. So it's a tone. They, yeah. Thai is also a tonal language, apparently. Mm -hmm. And a man, the man says, Kap kum kap. And then the woman says, Kap kum ka. Which I really love. Yeah, I love that too. I love the way that sounds. Boy, I do sure do love me some Thai food. Tell you what. What's your favorite Thai dish? If you have one. My favorite Thai is masaman mm. with potatoes, peanuts, and chicken and cream. That's a good one. It's like a yeah, but I and I, but I love a good green curry. Mm. A green or a red curry. Yeah. With coconut milk. I'm a big fan of those. Spicy. Nice and spicy. Yeah. With um tofu or or birdie, yard bird. Yeah. yeah. Some yard birds. Some yard yeah. bird. <laughs> Any yard bird roadkill. You yeah, know, whatever you, you know, I like all of that stuff. Yeah, know? all that stuff. And then yeah, I'm not that particular about I am you know. I mean, you know. I don't like those old wax lips, you know, with the syrup inside. The hard thing about those is they start to melt. They start to melt, and you got all that wax. You get the wax taste along with the syrup, yeah, which I don't enjoy. It's all right by itself, on its own. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, you blend that in with the those those foreign herbs and spices. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm not trying to shoot for that bronca up in here, you know. You know, if I wanted that, I'd, I'd go to the bronca room. <laughs> if I wanted that, I'd go have a root beer float at the romper. Yeah, exactly. Quite For frankly, sakes. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> For we're talking candidly here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you enjoy the root beer that you had at the movies the other night? Here, we can move this pillow. This is a. It's don't obstruct the. Thank you. Yes, my pleasure. Uh, did I enjoy the root beer I had the other night at the New Bev? I did. Good. Yeah, it was a really good. It was. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the best root beer I've had. What's your favorite root beer? Do you have one? I'm not sure. I think Dad's or, um, let's see. Um, I feel like there could be a sponsorship it's with... Suds. It's not Suds? Suds? That sounds like a real product. Right? Yeah. Not just a laundry detergent. It sounds like a real beverage. But Dad's root beer would be a good root beer for the root beer float. Yeah. At the romper room. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe they could do a brand that's Daddy's. Root beer. Oh, baby. <laughs> Love daddy so much. And old baby ice cream. We'll have to get them involved. I'm trying to think of the, the at the cuddle dungeon, what the, the good girl would be. But the, we'll, that'll come. That'll come. It'll come. Just, just like everyone else yeah. will. Yeah. Just sous vide that shit. <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> yeah. zip it up in the plastic. Like those egg bites at Scar Trucks. Scar Scar trucks? I mean, when they came out with their sous vide egg bites, I was like, <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me. So you got an aga in there? Is that what you're telling me? You know what an aga is? Is that a sous vide machine? It, well, an aga is a way to slow cook. It's, it's, an, it's an Irish um, stove. Okay. Which is, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of engineering, if you will. But hard to understand if you're not familiar with the... Uh the cadence well it's it's something that's it's the heat is always on on an aga and it has these big oh. steel plates that cover the the hot plates on top uh-huh these big um, metal covers that go down over them so that they're not heating up the room yeah because the aga is always on it's always on yeah and it's a it's a different way of cooking it's a it's sort of like a sous vide 
slow food type of way of cooking, you know. So when I saw that Starbucks was releasing their sous vide egg bites, and I happened to be in Denton, Texas at the time, Hmm. which was also sort of incongruous, if you will, you know. Yeah. Um, Denton, the home of happiness. Yeah. Well, just just sous vide and Texas, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, car trucks as well. Texas has plenty of luxury up inside of it. They certainly do. There's uh, gourmands. They love their luxury down there. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But just sous vide in Denton at Scar Trucks, just yeah. for me was, and I do love those egg bites. Sorry, I have know. not had those yet. They're really good, but or they can be. But this you felt was a bridge too far. Well, it's just fucking hilarious because there ain't no sous vide going on at Scar Trucks. No, there certainly isn't. No, no. How long would it take to make them if it was actually sous vide? Because <laughs> then, in a long, that's a slow process, right? <sighs> you drop it in the thing, you go do your business. Well, you know, like 10 hours basting, you know. <laughs> There's They don't have a staff the night before preparing those. Braised, you know. Yeah, braised. <laughs> <laughs> Suvade fish is supposed to be really good. New braised egg wads. <laughs> scar trucks. <laughs> scar trucks. <laughs> have, have you ever been to one of those scar trucks that is uh, undercover scar trucks? Meaning that it's owned by Starbucks, but they've sort of made it look like it's an actual cafe like a non-corporate cafe no it's a real thing went to one in seattle thought it was a sort of mom and pop independently owned cafe until i was looking at the menu and i was like wait a second how do they they have frappuccinos here i was like isn't that like legally only allowed at starbucks and then I looked it up. And isn't, that flap, they, isn't it a Flappuccino? Well, yeah, Flappuccino. They got the Flappuccino <laughs> and the Flappuccino, exactly. which is what you get when you want to go into your flop era. It's exactly. sort of the beverage of that. And it's, That's what you get when you're failing on stage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they call, they bring it up to you, like not a nice <laughs> exactly. glass of ice water. It's the Flappuccino. Yeah. But it's spicy, so you get the flop sweat. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you want with a coffee beverage. Kathy Griffin used to like to talk about flop sweat. Does she enjoy it? Is it a favorite beverage? What's Didn't sound the... like it, no. No, probably not. I can't imagine no. anyone enjoys that. No. There's got to be someone, though, because there's a kink for every variation, right? Yep. Someone's got to like that somewhere. Somebody. Somebody. Those somebodies can also, you know, when we have the locations ironed out and publicized, can come down to the romper room, can come down to the cuddle dungeon. Oh, the cuddle dungeon. You got to make that happen. I mean, I'm telling you, you're onto something there. Thank you. I think we will. That's not a joke. No, it's not. And I might have to bleep that every time I say it. You might have to bleep it. We're going to copyright that, Ada yeah, and yeah. I. Yeah. So happy you and Ada are in town at the same time. Yeah, me too. She's She is really something. She is so lovely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely a- delightful. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so happy for you. That, thank you so much yeah thank you i mean you you deserve that so much and thank you you know like you said the last couple of years have been a rough ride oh yeah um at times just you know i mean i was really losing it there for a while i felt like um just like is there going to be fucking anything to emerge back into yeah you know and um Making an album during that time was also like, what, what the fuck am I doing? That must have been really hard. I was thinking about that when I was listening to it the well, first Well, it can't time. have been that hard because everybody and their grandmother and their grandmother's <laughs> dog did it, you know, which is part of the, you know, the clusterfuck pileup of, you know, getting back on the road. Oh, God, that's right, because now venues are like so crazily booked, right? Yeah, because everything that was supposed to happen 
oh, during that time that's right has to be made up yeah at least a lot of it yeah a lot of it and then everybody and their grandmother and their grandmother's fucking dog made an album during the pandemic yeah and so now those all have to be released uh, um you can't get your vinyl your vinyl pressed because the factories are totally backed up for you know years yeah and then all the people that work in the industry and the crews there was no work for them right because that's you know that's what they do yeah they they tour with different people all the time and that's their life and they live on the road and they do their and they're incredible so many incredible crew people i mean my crew people are you know make it possible for me to do what i do truly couldn't do it without that it's a family type situation you know what i yeah, mean yeah absolutely yeah and it takes a long time to build that and you know that was really in jeopardy for a while because a lot of those people do no, no longer work in that industry because it simply didn't exist all of a sudden. Yeah. And so they had to go get other jobs and then you come back and say, well, I need this now. And they're like, sorry, I moved on. I work in this field now, you know? Right. So, and that's just one tiny little microcosm of what was going on, you know? But yeah, it feels great to be sort of, does it feel great? Yeah, to be getting back out there again. I mean, I, I went on tour for the last half of, last like, August and um, beginning of December. But, I mean, I haven't gotten to tour this album here in the States. Right. And that really, that really fucking bothers me because now, you know, that album's only been out for a year or whatever. And, and everyone's like, okay, that's over. Where's your new, where's your new record? Right. And you're like, uh, I just poured myself into this last one. You know, during this very difficult time, yeah, for everybody, and you, you, and what I mean by that is like emptied myself out into it, you know, doing it, and then getting it done. It was quite a slog during that time, and it was that way for everybody, you know. But then it comes out, and it's just like you know, did really well as far as you know, people liking it and everything. But you just couldn't, couldn't, didn't get to do anything. Didn't get to come bring it to the states and show. I want to show it to my fans here in the states because I love being on tour in the states yeah. you know it's my i mean you know i spend so much time away from the states but and i hate a lot of the things that are happening here but it's where my heart is you know sure i mean the stuff you and i talk about is heaven to me you know the yeah i mean i realize maybe i don't know maybe pop culture doesn't matter at all but sure it's fun to talk about well look it's like either everything matters or nothing matters and i, I like yeah. the everything matters and also yeah. what does pop culture do for us it makes us happy we think about stuff. We go into these rabbit holes about certain artists like Mort yeah. Garson, who I know the audience that is very familiar, exhaustively familiar with his material is going to be mm -hmm. a little like rolling their eyes yeah. and like, here it's they like, go again. Oh my God, you just discovered uh, that, you idiots. You old cunt. Yeah. And now uh, every show I listen to, they always tell us the same thing. It's like Spider-Man fans with that origin story. But it gives us joy, uh, escape, uh, which is a funny word because it sounds like it's like uh, naughty, but it's, or like... Uh, sneaky but yes. no escape from terrible things yeah true i mean uh, i guess we get plenty of time to not be able to run away from <laughs> from terrible things oh there's plenty of time to be forced to look like uh, alex in clockwork orange at the <laughs> at the news or the other horrible things yes or, and or spend time agonizing in the loops and spirals about all the terrible things that maybe we're imagining and then we can't quite figure out if we're imagining, but we realize we have that tendency. So then we're stuck with a third plate spinning where we're like, is this actual or is this not real? And I'm imagining it while the other two plates are going 
So yes. yeah, there's a lot of fun is what I'm saying. There's a lot of fun. Yes. So pop culture or if people who are into sports, God bless them. I have no interest, but look, do your fantasy football, like do your thing, whatever, like inspires you and makes you happy. Yes. Uh, toy trains. Great. Not my thing, but <laughs> toy trains, like, yes. yeah. Um, so, but I like the toy trains that were present in Godzilla versus Megalon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. See, I have not seen that picture. So that was really good. That's a number I'm not familiar with. I'm trying to look up this Mort Garson record that I just got. Sure, because I can't remember what the title of it. Well, is. Well, the thing is, I think the the website's crashed. Even though this isn't up yet, all this talk so far in this episode about one one of the obviously most famous composers <laughs> yeah. in popular music has gotten people to crash the website. Oh well, that's got to be it. I think that's what, I mean, that's the only explanation that makes sense to me. Yeah. Here, while you do that, oh, I'm here, just... Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Music from Patch Chord Productions. That's the one that I just got. I was listening to it on Spotify, and when I discover things on Spotify, I immediately go out and purchase them when I love them. You know? That's what people should do everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you got to... Look at this beautiful... Um, look at the cover of that record it's really beautiful. that's a beautiful cover yeah that and now is that did you get that on the vinyl i got that on vinyl and as i said um it's sacred bones is re-releasing a lot of this stuff bless bless them bless them bless them and ataraxia as well and i hope they will will, will release the one that's called it's like love sounds <laughs> and it's like you know weird synth music to porn breathing you know like um Soissonneuf, ané érotique uh-huh. style to the beautiful um, synth um, analog um, modular synth sounds yeah. of Mort Garson. Yeah, patch. Um, what's it called again? Jeez Louise. Come on, Grandpa. Music from <laughs> Patch Chord Productions. Patch Chord Productions, that's pretty good. Well, this is the Mort Garson stuff that. Yeah, yeah. They're all yawning because they, they know it, and they heard it on Mark Maron. And they yeah. heard it everywhere. Well, they uh, yeah, they were listening to that while graffitiing their mother's uter- <laughs> uterine walls, right? Well, that's when I first heard them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pardon me, I had to text someone back while we were talking about that. It was uh, a gentleman caller, you know. It was uh, oh yeah. Well, the I told you about the the uh, the fella. The yeah, you know. Someone who was, uh, there was tentative plans for maybe later tonight, because when you'd said that uh, evening was out, I was like, oh, okay. Oh. They were over yesterday for an afternoon um, rendezvous, so that was nice. How lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, how exciting. Thanks very much, yeah. And um, Ada was excited about it, too, because listeners probably know much like the more garson material that it's a yeah. uh, an open situation and which... guess what kids you can go to the sacred bones website and get a, a mort garson t-shirts and the t-shirt for this music from patch chord productions is really cool it oh that's a nice adaptation of the yeah. album artwork because you know sometimes yeah. you go oh they have a t-shirt and it looks like you know it looks like the album cover just got painted the whole thing the whole square exactly onto it yeah and the other album that sacred bones has released that i like even more it's called didn't you hear from mort garson and oh it's so beautiful and then there's ataraxia mm-hmm. i'll put a i'll put a clip in of some of you should stuff. because fair use you can do that
Yeah, I recommend driving around LA on a super bright sunny day listening to this music because it's so eerie. Uh-huh. It just transforms everything into a into a Roman Polanski movie. I love that sort of thing. And I remember you talking about as a kid walking around with the Halloween 3 soundtrack on your Walkman. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know where that was. Where's the Rose Bowl? Anaheim, I think. Yeah, so it must yeah. have been down there. Yeah. And I was at some sound warehouse or something and got the oh God, I love that memory. You know, being out here in California for like not knowing anything about it or where I was. Yeah. And just, you know, going into this place I was on my own, walking around with my Walkman, and then I got the cassette tape of Halloween 3. And that and you know that was a transformative experience for me. Absolutely. Walking around it was dusk. Yeah. In California. Yeah. And listening to, you know, it was summer. Perfect. Um and listening to this music, oh my god, that was such a moment for me. I love the transformative power of music. So do I. And I mean this is why when we say the pop culture and yeah. is it silly? It's not silly. It's like these yeah. are the the ins and outs, or whatever you want. To, I don't like to say trivia because yeah. the na- the word itself, yeah, yeah, neg- is negative. I find, yeah, yeah, the and minutia as Dismissive, well. Dismissive, yeah, exactly. I I'd say the specifics and the uh, details. I mean, you know, I think in art, and I've said this a couple of times, and I'm st- still saying it out loud to see what I think about it. <laughs> You're going to need a DSer for that sequence. Yeah, um, but. Um, I really feel like it's just in in life in general and especially in art, but I think it's this just goes for everyday life all day long. You got to figure when to zoom in and zoom out for the bigger picture. That's it. That is absolutely it. Yeah. And that goes to like even relationship dynamics, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like it, are you, and then you have to figure out like if some, say something's bothering you, is it what the other person did or is it like you're in a bad mood, maybe your blood sugar is low. It's constant calculation. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, in art, I was just talking to this gentleman that I told you about, Thomas Golubic, the other day. Um, From Golubic Motors, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, You know, the music supervisor that I was telling you about. Yeah. He and I were talking about this too, you know, that it's so often about knowing when to zoom in for the microcosm and when to zoom out and get the bigger picture. Yeah. And it really is that way. And just and just how often when you're working on something, especially in art, you know how important it is, like when you're working on your art and working on your thing, how important it is to have, to make sure that you have something to eat with you. Yes, yes. Which you, know, you can forget. I, yeah. I mean, you don't, it's an afterthought a lot of times. It is. Because you're like, I'm going to go do my thing. I'm an artist. I'm going to go get deep into the process and everything. Yeah. And then you find that, you know, you're suicidal around 2 p.m., you know, and it's... Probably because you haven't had any fucking protein. Yeah, but you think it's because the, those overdubs, uh, uh, those might not have worked. Are those even in key? Well, it's because you think that you're useless and must commit suicide. But it's only because you haven't had some protein. Exactly. Yeah. I had a mo- morning like that the other day. Yeah. And I was spun out. Ada was having breakfast with a friend or something. Something I was doing with work triggered something, and I went right down the chute. Yeah. And then... When she came back, she was like, are you, are you all right? And I wasn't even aware that I was, you know, because that's the funny thing about anxiety or any of those fun things. And that, great people who perceive things. Well, that's, listen, one of the greatest things in the world yeah. is like Ada, the first night, second night we spent uh, together, because, you know, we dated for almost two years yeah. before meeting in person. 
I woke up in the middle of the night with a familiar thing of I have my mind, I wake up from an anxiety nightmare and I'm in the anxiety already. And you think, well, I don't want to bother them. I, and I literally didn't move, really. I didn't make a sound. And she woke up and she's like, what's the matter? And it was like the great, it was like one of the greatest gifts of, you know, because like it's realizing it is, because also, you know, all of us have had bad and not, and not, what's the matter? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, God. Like, what's <laughs> oh, for fuck's oh, sake? Again, you like, please. <laughs> could you try yeah, to yeah. just like be a normal person? Could you, yeah, any of that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize that in but your head when you do it. What's the matter? Or what's the yeah, matter? are you okay? Hey, Come what's here. Up? What's up? And then and then she said, Oh, whenever that happens, just wake me up. And I was like, that is one of the nicest things anyone's ever said. Yeah, those are those people are few and far between and they're they must be protected at all costs. Absolutely. Perhaps with a plastic covering, I don't know. My grandmother's Davenport right? uh, was was uh, certainly Useful in from a, that. <laughs> was useful in a few situations as well yes. when it was used for the other purpose. That's right. Draconian contracts have to be mm. enlisted. Mm. And enforced. Well, absolutely enforced. Yeah. You have to have your enforcers. And you have to have, like you said, the crew guys. You've got to. you got to have You've them. you just got to. And then it's also interesting when you realize that the initial reaction to not, like, oh, I'll just scuttle off into the other room and be, like, miserable so as not to disturb them is based in experiences you had with other people that were not as wonderful as this person you know and and then it seems like life is a continual process of that which is wild you could say it's exhausting but it's not because it it's good but like so many things there's the good and bad of it where you're like i wish that hadn't happened Mm -hmm. but still (laughs) yeah the good thing is now you have this the great situation who well me in this (laughs) me in this case me in this case you know but uh, you know, there was a couple duds along the way. So yeah. what are you going to do? I think we've all had our duds. What are you going to do? Yeah. I think just try your best to not let the PTSD from the duds blemish the good situation. Yeah, while eating some tofu. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or you know, yeah, some birds. Tofu and corn. Yeah. Exactly. Tofu and corn. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I was thinking of popcorn and tofu. I'm not sure if there's a is that a future good combination there. there? I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Those textures seem to yeah, be a little textures. bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe popcorn with tofu dust. Or <laughs> some yeah, some kind of well, the hybridization, the deconstructed tofu uh, yeah. casserole with that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we just cut away for a moment, listeners, because uh, John and I had a very nasty, ugly verbal yeah. spat. Yeah, yeah, and it was vicious. It was vicious and fun yeah possibly we can't come back very from hurtful it. yeah very very hurtful uh we're actually recording very right now well yeah i would say <laughs> that for your in your case for sure uh and so we're taping this from two different rooms in the building that's right, right. Now. so we can't Which is stare at each other yeah. well it's unfortunate but probably for the best given yeah, yeah, yeah. what you said i mean for me you know it helps just distract from the scarring you know sure that i struggle with when you know in conversation with you <laughs> yeah well i understand because there's a lot of triggering things about things i've said to you before <laughs> yeah. mostly are hurtful mostly of them yeah i'd say 70 percent of the things that we, we've said to each other very hurtful so hurtful yeah and uh yeah. surprisingly so and uh, the the most dangerous aspect is that it appears like it's a nice thing at first and then you, on the drive home you yeah. go oh my god oh my god what was that and then you realize that you have an erection yeah so the, there can be a lot of confusion involved yeah but again like we said earlier I use that confusion. 
get them vulnerable, so then I can attack. Oh, I love it. And so with that... Speaking of hard-ons, yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of hard-ons, speaking of attacks, it's time to end this episode, this lovely chat, with one of my dearest friends who I love so much and it's I'm so happy to so see. It's been so great, yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really nice and fun to see you and be with you and, and likewise, my darling. Oh, thank you, my dear. Yeah. And with that, we bid you farewell and then... Oh, and we were talking about that horrible spat that normally we would leave off the show... Because you know what? It's yeah. time to eat. It's time to eat it's some food. It's time to eat some food. So we want to yeah. put into practice what we were saying earlier. Yeah. And we love all you precious little lambs out there. So We really do. Take care of yourselves and be nice to yourself if you can. And have some protein. Yeah. Watch a good movie. Watch Minnie and Moskowitz. Definitely watch yeah. that. The magic of love is there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, remember, mark your calendars for as yet an announced date for the opening of... Not Rumble Bar. Well, Romper Room. Romper Room. Romper Room. Thank yeah. you. And uh, Cuddle Dungeon. There you and go. Cuddle See, Dungeon. I'm, my yeah. synapses are like, bloop. Ain't that right now. Go ask a scientist. That's the noise it makes when you're, you're struggling. That's okay. right. But uh, it wasn't a struggle at all to talk to you, as always. Never. So, all right. And with that, we say good night. Head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends to get these episodes well in advance, ad-free and completely uncut, and plus a lot of other bonus options. So go over there now to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends, check out the options, support the show, and set yourself free.